Welcome to Sports Central on 88.1 The Bird. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Sports Central Live on 88.1 FM, the 88.1 The Berg app, 88.1TheBerg.com, and iHeartRadio. We have a great show for you today. Earlier in the week, I brought in Ian Collins and Cajal Lang to talk some AFC football. And later on in the show, we actually have a special guest coming in live. He's coming over from Seattle. He's the AP Sports Seattle writer. Tim Booth, CWU alum, coming into the show. And then, of course, at the end of the show, we have the one, the only, Sports Rodeo to wrap it up, (laughs) wrangle them in. My name's Austin Lane. Joining me in studio today is the vet, Miles King, and the rook, Derek Harper. How are you guys doing today? It's a chilly morning, Austin, but it's a good morning. It is getting cold here now. Very cold, very cold. It's getting very cold. Dropping down to, like, Uh, the 20s, yeah. I know. Good. Pretty cold outside as well, so. Yeah. I mean, what's going on? I feel like last week it was 80 degrees. Yeah, it was like 60 by 10 o'clock. Yeah, and now now I'm waking up and I can't even walk to class. It's it's the daylight savings, man. I know. It's <laughs> we, the daylight savings. We lose that hour and, and there goes the temperature. You know how I knew we were doomed? The morning I woke up and I saw like white frost on the grass mm-hmm. um, where it was shaded by the trees. And then like where it wasn't shaded and the sun was out, it was, it was like nothing. Morning dew, yeah. I know. Yeah. Anyways, let's get to the warm-up, the first segment of every show. This week's warm-up's a fun one. I saw a list earlier this week, and it actually had pictures of what each NFL team looked like with their closest Division I college football team as its colors. So it would be like the Cowboys logo on the helmet, but with white and orange for the the University of Texas Longhorns. So our warm-up today is actually what you guys think uh, what NFL team would look best with its colors as the closest D1 NCAA team. And if you want to join in on this, text us at 509-963-2311. Again, if you're texting in, an example would be like the Cowboys with the University of Texas white and orange colors. So if you guys have any good ones, text those in. But I want to hear what you guys think. I think it has to be the Saints. I mean, you think of the whole vibe down there, how the Bible Belt and everything, and how, I mean, uh, there's high schools down there and colleges that are like the Saints and stuff, and they have that the same colors as uh, LS... Uh, LSU? Yeah. Yeah. Who covers them? I think it'd be the Saints. Miles, what do you think? I got to go with the Rams. Just imagine for a second, the Rams with that crimson, instead of the blue, just replace all the blue on the Rams jerseys with that crimson. Throw a little yellow in there, too. I think that would look very good. That and the Rams, ever since they moved from St. Louis, they kind of just recycled those jerseys. They're up for a reboot on those jerseys. Personally, I I don't like the little tints of gold they use. Yeah. I think they need a re- they need a reboot there with those jerseys, and this would be a fresh one. Yeah, the Rams are purple and the yellow or whatever, the gold. Those are pretty slick. Yeah. Now, looking at a local level, the Seahawks would be, like, purple and gold. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that because – I don't think it would look good. The current ones are pretty dang slick. Yeah, yeah, the blue and green is, like, you Even can't go Even the color rush that. that the whole league got uh, rid of, those are pretty nice. Yeah, but one that I think would look sick is the Jaguars as University of Florida. Because if you take that, that Jaguar... Like blue and orange? They, yeah. You know uh, how the Jags already do their helmets? It's yeah. like a fade from like black to gold. If you did right. that with blue and orange and then you made the logo... No, I think the Jags actually... Orange, they, they ridded that. They don't have that anymore. I oh, they, they don't they have just the have fade a solid, on their They just have a solid black helmet now. They went back to being boring? Why? Actually, I like their new jersey. That's why they're, they're bad nice. this season. They're nice. <laughs> That's, that's why gotta the Jag- be it. Yeah, that's it's, why the Jags are falling apart. It's the fashion karma. It's the helmet. It's fashion police. Why would you change your helmet after you went to the AFC Championship game? That makes no sense. What are they doing? Yeah. Okay, another one. Steelers with pit colors. So it's the Steelers, but instead of black and like yellow, it's, it's like, like black navy and gold. And gold. Yeah. yeah. No. 
Really? I don't think so. Why? <clears throat> this doesn't. It doesn't sit sit right with me. You just don't like it? To me, no. they look too much like Notre Dame at that point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I guess that's fair. You'd have like a solid navy jersey and and the gold pants or the brown yeah. pants or whatever that's it is. That's true. Yeah. And the whatever it is, and it, it just looked too much like Notre Dame. Well, this is the point that we're doing this though. Like the Jags would look too much like Florida, and the right. Seahawks would look too much like the Huskies. You right. Know? It's so like, one thing I will say about the Seahawks uniform that I do agree with you, Derek. They are pretty solid ever since they did the reboot on those. But the one thing I don't like is the action green. Really? It's too. It's too what? loud. It's what? too loud. I wish no. they would do no. something a little more, a little more mellow, like like an emerald. <laughs> Throw it back to the Emerald City. That's all I'm saying. You're telling me you wouldn't like it better if they had more like a Mariner's green. A no. Mariner's green? No. Yeah. That's like no. teal. Okay, not teal, but more emerald. More emerald? Yeah. I don't know. Not so loud. Just just imagine how that color rush would look. It wouldn't be so bright. It would be almost more like a, almost more like a New York Jets green. Uh, the New York Jets kind of bland, to be honest. I kind of liked I, I really liked the, the past color rush. It really popped out. Oh, I thought it looked green. ridiculous. The but. thing I have to counter that argument is they use so little mm. of it, and it's so like eye popping off of the blue that they have. True. Like that yeah. shade of blue only works with that shade of green. That's true. To me exactly. personally, maybe if you have that shade of blue with Jets green. It does not look good. I anymore. just don't like the color rush then. Okay, you <laughs> those are too loud. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people will agree with you that um, some color rush are nice, and some are like you need to throw. But the Seahawks yeah, one is the bad. All the Seahawks and the Rams jerseys, ones are bad. The all green jerseys, yeah, yeah those those are horrible. I'm not going to dispute that. I don't know. I kind of liked them, but I know a lot of people didn't. But that's just me. All right, we're to, on the topic of NFL. Let's head into our first topic now. Is the NFC East actually somewhat good? I know a couple weeks ago Miles came on here and he keeps saying the I NFC least. them to be the least. The NFC yes. least. But looking at the standings, the Redskins are five and three. Uh-huh. They're starting to get some good wins under their belt, and the Eagles are four and four. They might come out of nowhere and shock the world again. And I keep telling everyone, you know, fly Eagles, fly. Yeah, I keep telling everyone, the <laughs> NFC least sent a team to the Super Bowl last year and won, and won it. You know, they had a they had a good team though last year. They had your only argument. They they had a good team though. <laughs> yeah. What about the Redskins? They look good. To me, I don't know. The Redskins are five and three. You know who else is five and three? Like everybody in the North. <laughs> the Seahawks so are close to five and three. Uh, the North is just beating up on each other. To me, though, Washington, their best win is over Carolina, who's six and three. Yeah, that's a good win. That's like kind of their only good win right now. Their yeah. other wins over Arizona, Dallas. They have Dallas. a win over Green Bay. Uh, Green, Green Bay's not looking that impressive either. That's true. They have other wins over Arizona, Dallas, and New York Giants. Their combined record of, of the teams they've played, 15 and 25. <laughs> They're playing pretty mediocre teams here, except, except for the Cardinals. Or not the Cardinals, but the Panthers. I'll, I'll give them that one. That's a solid win. Carolina 6-3. and three. I very much expect them to be in the wild card, if not at the top of the South here by the end of the year. Yeah. But, but to me, Washington's not playing very good teams. And well, they're the still Re- only 5-3. and three. The Redskins, I can see that, kind of. I mean, they're playing like any other team outside of the NFC East and they they lost to the Falcons 38 to 14. They lost to the Saints 43 to 19. Lost to the Colts 21 to 9. That's a horrible That's loss. That's a bad one. The Colts are bad. But like as soon as they play the NFC East, 20 to 17 over the Cowboys, 20 yeah. to 13 over the Giants, you know. So and their remaining schedule, they have to play the Cowboys, the Eagles twice, and yeah. the Giants again. And I mean if they win 4 out of 5 of those, What's that? That'd be. Or wait, that was four games. Sorry, 
No, no. Yeah, four games. So if they win three out of four of those, they nine and seven. They have at least eight wins, and then you also have to play the Bucks uh, tomorrow at ten a.m. That's probably a win for them. That's probably a win. That's going to be nine. Unless you get Fitz Magic going at it again, but yeah. And then next week they have to come home and play the Texans. That's going to be a good that's game. Gonna be a, yeah, that's actually going to be a good game at home in Washington. Yeah, because yeah, okay. I, I think that's a yeah. coin flip. Me personally, I don't know. Derek, Derek, you don't watch much football. I don't but watch much NFL. I watch a lot of college and uh, the. I still the in in indoor game actually a lot. But yeah. Okay. Um, have you been paying attention to the NFC East at all? No. <laughs> no. So we have this weird situation where it's like every year the NFC East is just completely mediocre, but then they find a way to have the Eagles win the Super Bowl. It's like this is not fair. What was the Eagles' record last year? Oh, I want to say, say it was like eleven and five. Ten and six or eleven and five. Yeah. Yeah. And so the Redskins are going to be like the same team to me. Like, go into the playoffs as heavy underdogs because they came out of a horrible division mm-hmm. and they don't have any star power. They you really know. don't. Alex Smith, Adrian Peterson, like, you have these guys that were good once <laughs> and apparently they're <laughs> stepping up again this year. Adrian Peterson looks good, but he does, yeah. He's For no, like he's a, whatever no, he is, 33 or Yeah, he's or no star anymore. No. But it could be that team that wins one game at a time in the playoffs. They just go 1 0 every week. That's true. And. I can I actually see where you're coming from, especially with how weak the NFC seems to be this year. Yeah, it's pretty top that's heavy. Thing. It's pretty top heavy as far as like New Orleans and and the Rams, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. Because out, outside of New Orleans and the Rams, I mean, you have the Panthers as the next best team at six and three. Probably yeah. And then the next best team. None after of those that, none of those teams out of North have really emerged no. as a contender. Oh, far from it. Yeah. The Packers, the way the Packers and Vikings. I mean, who, maybe they will by the end of the year. It's still somewhat early. We're only halfway through the season. Yeah. You got a lot of teams in the in the North that are five and three or four and four. Yeah. And then I think you have the uh, Lions. I think are like three and five or two and six or something. Yeah. Well, you have a team in the North with the Packers, who everyone thinks is are going to be like good at the end of the season. And Does everyone think that? Well, not everyone. Uh, I'm not sold so, on that. I'll, some people still think they're going to come out of that division as the winner. But they're 0-4 on the road. Not with that Bears defense. And then the Vikings, I think, are just overall a better team than the, yeah. than the Packers. I think people are sleeping on the Vikings a little. They're they're only in second place because of a tie with the Packers. Right. With the Bears, yeah. Yeah. I think they're both 5-3, and three, yeah. No, the Bears are 5-3 and three and the Vikings are 5-3-1. and one. Oh, 5-3-1. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that tie. So, yeah. If the Packers would have won that game, we would have been talking a little differently here. I think the Vikings, by the end of the year, they'll start to get Cousins kind of kind of going. Kind of going there, and he'll, he'll start to fit with that offense a little better. Yeah. And and I think they'll start to emerge maybe. They might not even win the division. I, the Bears might hold on to it. Yeah. But if the Vikings make it into the playoffs as a wild card, you never know. Well, slow down. There's still something to think about. The Bears have to play the Vikings twice. Ooh, still. those are going to be big. Uh, there are so many like division matchups yeah. to close out the season that are going to be just I think pivotal for to who do wins week these divisions. Uh, division matchups on the purpose. NFL knows people will yeah. watch that. Yeah, because it's big, bear- impl- big implications. It's Bears at Vikings week seventeen, and then let me guess they play them in like week thirteen too or something. Yeah, they play them in two weeks. Yeah, so yeah, um, <clears throat> I like that. I don't know about you guys. I do but, too. I do too. But they also play the, the Packers. Who are sitting at three, four, and one, have to play the Seahawks, Vikings, and then Cardinals, Falcons, and then Bears, Jets, Lions. 
How are the Lions this season? Are they, are they any good? They're the Lions, we're not even talking about the Lions because they're at, they're the, at the bottom, bottom of the division. Three yeah. and Classic. five. They traded arguably their best receiver. They're so. three and five, and yeah. they could still win this they division. They Tate, right? Yeah. Where did where, where, where they trade him again? Philly. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. I don't know. Detro- Detroit's just – they're three and five. Matt Patricia is not making it work over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. They're three and five, which they can win the division because the top's five and three. They're right. only two games behind. But but I expect those top teams in that division to kind of pull away here, and I th- yeah. I think the Lions will just kind of be stagnant, or they'll drop a couple. That's games what I'm they getting shouldn't. to. That's what I'm getting to is the Lions don't have the it factor to win the division. Mm-mm. Did you no. see them against the Seahawks? They looked bad. Oh, their D line is horrible. They looked bad. They made the Seahawks look good. I know. And, and the, the Seahawks, Seahawks are, are pretty average. mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> and the Seahawks are. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the NFC North is looking like you know my my main argument is that the NFC East will be better than the NFC North at the end of the season. Record-wise or, or like the team, the talent? Talent-wise. Because you look at the NFC North, and it's like, who's your quarterbacks? Mitch Trubisky, yeah. Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, and Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. Those are three solid quarterbacks. Trubisky's on the up and up. I'll give him that. But yeah. he's not to their level yet. Everybody, no, the rest of the quarterback close. play in that division. Not even close. No. No. But and I then mean, in the not. East, you got Alex Smith, you got Dak, Carson Wentz, Dak Carson Prescott, Wentz. Eli Manning. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a wash. I might be me. backtracking here. It's Where's kind of a wash. I might have just proved myself wrong. <laughs> Where's Smith at? Who? Alex, Alex Smith, Smith is Washington. In, uh, Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's, uh, He's leading the division right now. He is. Yeah. It's it's crazy. The Eagles are right on their tail though. It's crazy to me that right now in the NFC, the division leading quarterbacks are. Uh, Alex Smith, Trubisky. Jared Goff, Mitch Trubisky, and Drew Brees. Like yeah. one of th- one of these are not like the other. <laughs> no. no, Drew Brees deserves to be up there. Right, yeah. but like in the NFC East, I would have thought it would have been Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott at this point. Uh, NFC West, Jared Goff is going to be at the top because of everyone around him, so yeah. that's fair. Um, but the NFC North, I would have thought Aaron Rodgers could have done a little better than 3-4-1 halfway through the season. The Packers consistently do not surround him with talent. I know. So is he <laughs> that gonna guy, be, is he he, gonna be out of Rodgers will retire probably with just one Super Bowl ring. You think so? I think so. Yeah. Do you think he's getting back to another one in the next nope. couple of years? Nope. Not it's on the possible. Packers. possible. You never know. Not on the Packers. I don't think he is. Packers are kind of going to a He's going to have to force his way really? out if he wants another ring. Really? I think so, yeah. You just think the Green Bay organization is just falling apart at the Not really falling, falling apart, but they, they just, just I don't think they're going to rise to any big level. Any, they don't put the money soon. in the team. That's true. But they, uh, I don't know. They like they, to give him a lot of money. He likes that. What if they win the division this year? Are you going to be saying I still don't anything? think they're a Super Bowl contender. Well, no, not this year. No. No. But if they win the division this year, you're going forward like, hey, we, we won a division after starting 3-4-1. and one. That's true. So... Still not a Super Bowl contender to me. And I don't know that they will be in the next couple of years. I'm saying if they win the division, I don't think they will. I don't think they'll make mm-hmm. the playoffs even. Mm-hmm. I had them finishing 7-8-1. and one I think it'll be ago. close. It'll come down to whoever's 8-8, eight and eight, say that Seattle or yeah. you know Carolina or whoever. Or no, the no, Saints, no, no. Or Carolina and the Carolina's Saints are not in. going 8-8, eight eight, yeah. Carolina and New Orleans are in the playoffs. Yeah. All we should be looking at is that second wildcard spot, which you're right. It's between right now – Philadelphia at four and four, Seattle at four and four, and the Vikings at five, three and one. Oh, and you have the Falcons at four and four, third in their division. You know, the NFC South could send three teams to the playoffs. They very well could, yeah. 
But I think which, it's going to come down to that as far as the Packers getting in or not. It's going to be that tie. It's going to be that tie that's going to hold That's what out. I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, no, no. I'm not going to say Packers. I'm going to say the Vikings. The Vikings. Huh? The Vikings. Their are, tie is going to hold them out? Yeah. I think the Vikings at 5-3-1. and one, You know that? Yeah. If they finish up season 7-8-1. and eight last, and one, last season, or, they nearly hosted their own yeah. Super, super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, because you have teams like Eagles 4-4, four and four, Seahawks 4-4, four and four, Falcons 4-4. Four and four. If any of those teams finish 10-8. Nine and, and seven, six, yeah. eight and eight, nine and seven, ten and six. You could have the Vikings, you know, be half a game out because ten of that and five time. and one or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that loss is gonna bite them. Yeah, I mean, let's look at let's look at the Vikings schedule. Who do they have? So they why have, the Eagles played Foles? They just want to go with Wentz because he's all back and healthy, or yeah, Foles likes being the backup quarterback. He does. Interesting, because he literally won them the ring. So oh yeah, that's he. <laughs> He absolutely loves being a backup quarterback there. Career backup. Easy huh. easy life, you know. Only have to worry about – and he, he, you're right. He won the Super Bowl as a backup. He doesn't have to worry about anything the rest of his time there. Like, right. if anyone says anything, he could just say, I he won you guys a ring. He will be in Eagles glory for the rest of his I life. Won, yeah, okay. I won you guys a ring as a backup, so you can't give me, like, any I crap. I came in and replaced your star quarterback and won the championship. Yeah. They're never going to forget that. Yeah. So no, Carson Wentz, Car- Carson Wentz deserves to be the starter. Um, with that being said, if they start to fall apart, I can see them putting in Nick Foles. If Maybe. it comes down to quarterback play, if it's Carson Wentz playing, has bad, Wentz been playing that badly? I mean, they're four and four. I mean, didn't Foles play the first two or three games though? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it went one and two or zero oh and three or something. Something, yeah. Yeah. It was just the Super Bowl magic. You know, Super I th- Bowl magic. Yeah. I think not only Foles. Or not only fan base, but Foles is like kind of moved past the Super Bowl as yes, well. Super Foles didn't show up for the regular season. Yeah, and he knows he's a backup quarterback. Oh yeah, he knows he's not going to be a starter. I mean, that team lost some pieces, obviously, as every Super Bowl winning team does. Yeah. But they also brought in guys like Mike Bennett and and now Golden Tate. Yeah, I I fully expect them to actually jump Washington and win this division. Okay, we'll have to see. We'll have to see because. If Washington's offense can keep this up, and if Adrian Peterson can keep this up, he's a force to be reckoned with yet again. Absolutely, yeah. But credit, credit to AP. I, I yeah. don't know if AP ever. I don't think he'll ever come back to what he was after what happened. He has he's so far this up, season. Though, yeah, credit to him for keeping himself healthy, yeah. keeping yeah. his body ready, coming back after you know a couple injuries, and, uh, and kind of bouncing uh, around the league in Arizona last year. I think he was. Yeah, had a pretty solid season with Arizona. Yeah, he's had but, a couple seasons just bouncing around, kind of mm-hmm. trying to. Figure some stuff out. He after. may have found a home now in Washington, though. Yeah, maybe. Unless he tries to go in there and ask for a lot of money. They probably don't want to give it to him. <laughs> I mean, that guy could, could retire any season now, too. Yeah, he's, he's getting old. He's, what, 34? When do you think yeah. Breeze will call it quits? Breeze? Yeah. How old is he? 38? Yeah, something like that. 37? Him and, Bre- him and uh, Brady are up there as, like, the oldest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it depends on. I think as long as they're winning, as long as Sean Payton's still there. No. You don't think no. so? No. I disagree. It doesn't matter, in, I don't think, in that sense. I, I I can see where you're coming from, but I, I think Drew Brees will retire even if Sean Payton's still there, and I think he'll retire even if they're still having winning seasons. I think it comes down to Super Bowl. I think mm. if Brees – Do you think Brees is retiring this year? I think if if the Saints win the Super Bowl this year, then he retires after oh, next like season. Oh, like a Peyton Manning kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, I think he retires next season. If they win the Super Bowl this year, that's perfect for Drew Brees' career because then you start 
you start getting in talks about being better than Brady. Well, and he, would, he would have two at that point, yeah. Yeah. And, and the amount would, of yards that guy's thrown. Oh, oof, crazy. And you would you would uh, be able to win the Super Bowl and then kind of tell Sean Payton, hey, we just won the Super Bowl. I'm going to retire after next season. Go draft me a rookie quarterback. Yeah. And just train him up that whole season. And just one last season kind of um, enter a rebuild mode mm-hmm. for the Saints. Where where you're Unless getting they completely rid. nail it on that rookie, but yeah, yeah. But you have to set on the rookie rebuild. And right now, are there any really good rookies to draft? No, that's the thing too. Exactly. So yeah, unfortunately. But I mean, it's up to Breeze I mean, whenever he wants to go. There are good quarterbacks out there in college, but I don't know if they're really NFL stardom. No, not not so. at this point. So not from what we've seen. But anyways, I want to look back at the NFC North. The Vikings play the Bears next week. And then the Packers at home, and then they go on the road to play the Patriots, mm-hmm. and then they go on the road to play the Seahawks. Then they stay home to play the Dolphins. Then they go to Detroit, and then they stay home to play Chicago. That's one of the hardest schedules I've seen for remaining schedule left. We got to go to New England and then Seattle. Yeah, that's a lot of travel. New England's gonna be tough. Seattle. That Seattle's a Seattle. Monday night game. I want to say. Okay. Monday night still, Seattle I think the Vikings will go into Seattle, I and I don't know that that's just a win for them. No, no, it's definitely not. Mm-hmm. No, the Seahawks, at the start especially of the season, in prime if you would have asked me that at the start of the season, I would have said, yeah, the Vikings are going in there and winning. Yeah, me too. But, but with how it's looked so far, those are two. With how they've looked and how the Seahawks have gotten a little better in the last That'll be weeks. a huge game for wildcard implications. Oh, it's going to be huge yeah, for wildcard. That'll wild be card. interesting. The Seahawks have always been good in primetime games, but yep. and this year they've kind of gone back and forth. So they really haven't played a primetime game this year. They haven't. They haven't had a Monday or a Sunday no. night or a Thursday night. But they have some coming up, I believe. Well, Seattle doesn't like playing on thurs- Thursday nights. Well, this Nobody week, does, but everybody yeah. has to. This week they're playing the Rams tomorrow, and then they have a Thursday night game at home against the Packers. Okay, and then, yeah. And then in two weeks after that, it's a Sunday night against the 49ers, which they'll probably change. And then the week after that, Monday night against the Vikings, which they might change that so one So they've got a couple primetime well, games here. Yeah, I don't see them changing that one. And then two weeks after that, they play the Chiefs at 520. That's probably a That's Sunday night, night game, too. Yeah, Sunday night, sorry. Yeah. So they have four primetime games coming up on the schedule in eight games left. Half their schedule is primetime. That's good, because if the trend continues, they'll win those games. They'll play well. I hope. I hope so, too. The 49ers you game. If C- the Seahawks upset the Chiefs? I know. <laughs> I know. Yikes. That's uh, December 23rd. I'll be having a Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I'll be watching that one. <laughs> but speaking of the Chiefs, I talked to Ian Collins, our Chiefs fan, and Kajal Lang, our Bengals fan, in the studio earlier this week. So right after this break, I will play that segment for you. We're talking about the AFC and not the NFC, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Sports Central here on 88.1 The Bird. Welcome back into Sports Central. Now Austin Lane joining me in studio, Ian Collins and Kajal Lang, my Chiefs and Bengals fans that I get to talk to every week. About We're football, back, baby. Yeah, back on the air after a little hiatus. How are you guys feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, can't wait to watch some Sunday night football. Cajal, okay, feeling pretty awesome, my <laughs> friend. Are you not? Can't wait. For I'm also Sunday ready to watch some Sunday night <laughs> some football. Sunday night football. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. I brought you in here to talk about the AFC today, which you know, Chiefs fan, Love Bengals fan, you know. I feel a little outnumbered now because I'm like the only NFC fan. I got Gabe, who's a Saints fan, but you know, other than that, Bandwagon. and then you have uh, Danny, who's like a fan of like everyone apparently, <laughs> except the Seahawks. Whoever's good, He's whoever's convenient. Guys. Yeah. So, 
But my AFC guys are in here. I want to know who will be the number one seed in the AFC at the end of the season. Easy money. Where do you know what the Chiefs fans going to say? Easy money, Chiefs. It's I can I can name Sell three me. teams. Sell I can me. name three teams right now. The Chiefs, the Patriots, and the Steelers. Okay. Steelers because they're these on are a your, roll. These are your possible one seeds? These are my possible I ones. I want to know who your one seed is. My one seed is obviously the Chiefs. Yes, yeah, sell me. Sell, sell why you know why are the Chiefs better than the Patriots well, and the Well, the Chiefs currently Steelers. have the MVP pick for right now and Patrick Mahomes. And uh, towards the beginning of the season when they were facing some of the bigger teams like the Steelers and like the Patriots, they weren't running as much as they are now. They have Kareem Hunt, who's arguably one of the greatest backs, had the most season yards last year. And he is just getting off the ground right now. He has the He's tied for the second most carries in the NFL, but they don't run as much as they used to, and they're not, they didn't run in the beginning of the season as much as they are now. And as they start to get him off the ground, he starts to get three touchdowns like last week. And I think he's a huge contributor, and I think he's going to – if they can get the ground and pound game, uh, it's you, when you're on defense, you have to respect the run game. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. And right now, the Chiefs are the passing team. They have Tyreek Hill. They have Patrick Mahomes, who's an absolute gunslinger. You have to have that grounded pound. You have to have the defense respect you, and that's how you're going to get throws over the top. It's just hard to convince me when you're a Chiefs fan to tell me that they're better than the Patriots when they lost to the Patriots. I mean, did you see things in that game that went wrong for the Chiefs schedule that they can fix coming down to the end of the season? I mean, I'll give you an argument for why the Chiefs should be the number one seed, not necessarily the best team, but the reason they should be the number one seed is because you look at that division that they're playing in, and it is absolutely abhorrent, and they're going to win games. The nice thing about playing in a bad division, as we've seen from the Patriots, is when you have those teams that you're going up against, you're going to get a free six wins. That's a free six wins in your season. And, yeah, the Patriots are going up against some easy teams, like they're going up against Bills. Jets, Dolphins, Mm -hmm. but the Dolphins actually can put up a fight. The Chiefs have already knocked out their games against the Broncos, and I think the Chargers are just going to start choking when it comes to games against the Chiefs. So, yeah, they're going to be the number one seed, but are they going to be the best team in the AFC, which is where I think matters? No, I think that belongs to the Steelers. The Steelers. You guys both talking about the Steelers. I see them right now at 5-2-1. Not the best team in the AFC by far right now, but with the Pats and Chiefs ahead of them, but you guys think that the Steelers could be the best team in the AFC come the end of the season? I think they've been on an absolute hot streak. I don't think there's any slowing them down, especially when James Conner was already great, and then he kicked it into high gear and went another level. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have Lev Bell returning. Who knows what that's going to be? Worst case scenario, he's one of the best scat backs in the league. Best case scenario, he's Le'Veon Bell. But you have all of those weapons on that offense, and the reason I don't think they'll be number one seed is because they're going up against two playoff contenders with the Bengals and the Ravens, who both at this point are going probably going for a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be very, very tough when it comes down when it comes down to the playoffs. I don't think anyone's going to be able to take them down, and I think the Chiefs are going to be the first to go down to them. That was offensive. Uh, no, what, what? I mean, I'm, they're not good. So get out of here. <laughs> I mean, to, to be fair, to, yeah, I know my team's 5-3. and three. It's easy to poke fun, but when you have a team that is going up against the Steelers, who loses to the Steelers just about every single year in the playoffs, like, let's be honest, now you're going up against them with two good running backs? 
Oh my gosh, two All-Pro running not backs. Guaranteed. You've got two two amazing wide receivers. If Ben Roethlisberger survives through the year, and the Steelers have like the oldest offensive line, not in terms of age, but in the amount of time they played together, which is kind of the proven formula for how good your offensive line can be. Everyone's going to be getting in shootouts with the pay- or with the Chiefs because they are going to score on you. But if any team's going to keep up, it's going to be the Steelers and it's going to be the Patriots, and the Steelers are best equipped for that. That's something to look at. Was my original question was who's going to be the number one seed, but. I mean, if the Chiefs yeah. do end up being the number one seed, it doesn't really matter to me because they've historically proven over the past couple seasons, doesn't matter what seed they are, they're going to lose in the playoffs. As a Bengals fan, I know my team's going to choke if they make playoffs. I'm just surprised the Chiefs fans not taking the but same he, angle. But here's one thing they have manipulated, the quarterback. You know, they have Patrick Mahomes now. Do you think he's the difference maker come December, January? Absolutely. Uh, the As most people know, the Chiefs haven't made it past the AFC <clears throat> championship game since Joe Montana played. It's the curse of Joe Montana, and that's why we haven't gotten past them. But if you actually look at who's been taking the snaps, who's the quarterback, Alex Smith for, what, six years? He's he's he short, short throws every single time. Yeah. He dumps it off to his running back. You're not going to win against yeah, Big Ben. Yeah, he never really and, impressed me. No. So they finally have – I, I – can't guarantee you Patrick Mahomes is going to be the next Tom Brady. He's going to be the next Joe Montana. But you you honestly never know. He's playing at a high caliber level right now, and that's what matters to me. I think he is a good enough quarterback to carry my team through all the way He's to the AFC Championship. He's never been in the playoffs, though. Yeah, He's but, never played an NFL playoff game. But I think yeah. the important thing to note is, who was the quarterback for the Chiefs last year? Who was also in MVP conversations? That was Alex, Alex Smith. Smith. And uh, where's he at right now dying on a team? <laughs> He's on the Redskins. Yeah. That's not necessarily like, his well, fault. But he played at an MVP level last year. I'm saying that Andy Reid, I think, is getting very undercredited here because it's a rookie quarterback and everyone thinks he's making a splash because he's super talented. Yeah, he has the talent, but I think that Andy Reid is the mind behind all of this. I think he's the important one to look at. And, yeah, you're going to have you're gonna have some good performances, but I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to step up because I don't think he's faced that, and I don't think that he has the talent to be able to carry them to the next level like that. I completely disagree. I think he 100% has the talent, and I think he is not going to have to use that talent very much. What I mean by that is the Chiefs are going to be the number one seed. I think we've all agreed on that. They, there's a chance they don't, but I think they will. The only team looking at the AFC right now that I think could possibly beat them would be the Steelers because of things brought up, the two running back situations, two incredible running backs. They have a somewhat decent defense in the O-line. Cajal was talking about this. I don't think the Steelers are going to play the Chiefs in the playoffs, though. I don't think they're going to make it that far. I think they're going to get knocked off early, and they're not going to have the opportunity, and that's what I'm calling the Chiefs and the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. And you think that rematch is like 100% Chiefs? 100% Chiefs. What What's going to change between the last matchup between them and that Experience. Matchup? The people forget the Patriots won that game, but the Chiefs almost won that game. It's kind of like the Chiefs-Steelers game. I was just talking to Cajo about this. The Steelers almost beat the Chiefs. They had one drive left. It's the exact same situation. It's a complete toss-up. You could have flipped a coin and said who was going to win those games. I think it's the same for the Pats game, though. It is. I, I think it was a yeah. coin flip. It is. It was and a coin flip. I think flip, if they met in the AFC, if they championship, met in the AFC championship, yeah, it will is, be a coin this flip. This is why I'm asking who's going to be the number one seed, because if it does come down to those two, and it's one versus two, I think the one seed wins whoever's at home. I think that's the yeah. difference. 
Yeah. Name. Okay, I'm not going to say that. But <laughs> <laughs> Arrowhead Stadium. Super loud. Insanely loud. And the Chiefs win at home. Yeah. I think I yeah. don't think they've lost at they home They haven't so lost far. at home. I don't think they lose very often at home. So yeah. if they can get that number one seed, especially against the Patriots, that's that's a game changer right there. That's what's going to turn the coin flip. I think all of this is kind of useless, though, when you take into fact that teams in the NFC are going to crush whoever comes out of the AFC. But <laughs> well, we're talking. We'll about figure the that AFC. out on we'll Monday. Talk about the, AFC. about the AFC. Yeah, we'll figure Monday it out on Monday. Of next but... week, we'll figure that out <laughs> when right. the Chiefs play the Rams. Looking at the Chiefs' schedule coming up, they got the Cardinals this week, and then they have they're going down to LA to play the Rams. That's going to be a great game. Or no, not in LA. Actually, that one's the one in Mexico City. Uh, then they go to Oakland to play the Raiders, which is, I think, it's going to be an easy. You dub. could put a thousand dollars on that game <laughs> and get a thousand and one dollars back in return for that one. They stay at home to play Baltimore. I think that'll be a good game. And then those last three games is what I'm looking at. Uh, well, two out of three. They play Oakland in two in one of the last three games. But home against the Chargers in Week Six, uh, fifteen, and then. Uh, on the road in Seattle against the Seahawks week 16. What I want to ask now is, do the Chargers have a possibility of winning this division? I don't think they have a possibility of winning the division. There's a good chance that they're a wild card team. Uh, they did pull it back together. But I think the fact that they don't really have a home field advantage. People in L.A. do not like the Chargers. It's all about the Rams. Um, and most of the time, they're actually outnumbered on their own home field. Mm -hmm. I think that that's just going to be too tough to overcome. And I don't think there's any chance that they can just make mad runs with their schedule and end up with the number one seed or end up in the top of that division even. Yeah, I mean, looking at the Chargers' schedule coming up, they have kind of a similar schedule to the Chiefs, a couple easy opponents, a couple hard opponents. They got Raiders, Broncos, Cardinals, Steelers, and then Bengals, Chiefs, Ravens, Broncos to end the season. But they're on a five-game winning streak, and they just made Seattle look horrible. I mean, that was only an eight-point game, but they made the Seahawks look bad. Their defensive line matched up against our, our offensive line. It was embarrassing, to say the least. The only difference I see in the schedule is the Chargers. They play a lot of the same opponents. Yeah. But they're just a little bit more difficult. They have you the Steelers. So? They have the Bengals. They have the Ravens. And they have the Chiefs. I think... I think the Chiefs will beat the Seahawks, which is arguably one of their most difficult opponents, uh, excluding the Rams, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but the Chargers will are not going to beat the Steelers. They probably won't beat the Bengals, and I think they're going to have a tough time up against the Ravens, and they're especially going to lose the Chiefs. So I, th I don't think they can... He's so can... sure of himself. <laughs> I think one thing, though, it's kind of an X factor that no one's talking about because we are seeing a bunch of high-powered offenses in the NFL, but mm -hmm. someone coming back within probably the next couple of weeks, Joey Bosa, and you just know how disruptive Joey Bosa yeah. can be. Probably the best pass rusher in the NFL up there next to Khalil Mack and J.J. Watt. So if he comes back, he comes back healthy, and he comes back swinging, it's going to be very, very tough for teams to be able to game plan against him and Melvin Ingram again, and now their secondary looks even better with Derwin James. It's just... That defense isn't going to be fair to other teams. So it could be interesting to see how it goes on down the road, but I don't think they're going to have what it takes on offense. Because I, as I've said, I've said this before, Phillip Rivers, you can depend on him to choke probably one or two games. Yeah. Yep. There's That's usually a game every season where he throws about four picks yeah. and just ruins it at one of the most crucial times in the season. And I don't think we've seen that game yet, and I think it's coming up. And when it does, it's going to be the thing that really makes the difference in that division. 
All right, enough with the AFC West. Let's look at the AFC East. Is this actually a lockdown for the Patriots this year, or can the Dolphins sneak up on them? Dolphins pulled the wins early. Um, I know they're five and four, but I think they're probably one of the worst five and four teams in the league. Um, teams even just with like kind of balanced records. There are four and five teams that are better than them, uh, yeah. but they they're just not willing to get Kenyon Drake going. Uh, they're starting Brock Osweiler. I know it's been the season of Brocktober, and I absolutely love it. But the wide receiver it, position still has some issues there, and their defense isn't really amazing. I know they have Xavier Howard, who's an amazing cornerback, but everyone else on that defense is struggling. Their pass rush has been okay, but nothing to write home about. Both of those teams, the Patriots and the Dolphins, we're looking at their schedules. They both look super easy to me. I don't know about really you, Ian, do. but that's immediately Dolphins, what I noticed. Dolphins play the Colts, the Bills twice, the Vikings, and the Jaguars, and then outside of that, they have the Packers and that matchup with the Patriots. And then looking at the Patriots, they, they have, have to play the, the yeah the Titans, the Jets twice, the Vikings, and then that matchup with the Dolphins, they have to play the Bills, and then one tough matchup uh, at Pittsburgh against the Steelers. So. They both have easy schedules. I think the Patriots can deal with an easy schedule easier than the Dolphins can, that's for sure. I think I would expect the Dolphins more than the Pats to blow a game that, you know, means a lot to them. Well, I think if the if the Dolphins can figure out their quarterback situation and they I think I'm looking at two games right now that I think the Dolphins have to win in order to to be able to have a chance against the Patriots. And those two games are the Vikings game and the Patriots game. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they have a fairly easy schedule. Uh, yeah. I think they beat the Packers on Sunday uh, and the Bills twice. I think Colts, Jaguars, I think they win all of those games. Yeah. But I also think the Patriots win those games. So the only two deciding factors are going to be the teams that they both play really close to each other and that are more difficult. And that's each other and that's the Vikings. I think for the Dolphins looking at it, it's this game coming up this week at Green Bay and then that December 16th matchup at Minnesota. I think other than those, you know, you play the Colts on the road, that that's a win. You play the Dol- uh, Bills at home, that's a win. You play the Jags at home, that should be a win, you know, given that the Jags don't wake up. And then you play the Bills on the road, that should be a win. And then you have that Patriots game at home. The Dolphins are 5-1 and one at home right now. So it's it's doable. I, I I don't get why people are disrespecting the Colts so much. I know I know they're not any team that's going to make a run through the playoffs, but when it comes down to it, like their defense has been well improved this year. Uh, Andrew Luck's still good. T.Y. Hilton was out for a little bit, so that made it really tough on their offense. But mm. with him back, uh, I think Andrew Luck's going to be just fine. Like they they activated Eric Ebron, which the the Lions couldn't do for the longest amount of time. So I I think they're kind of a sneaky little pick to rise up in the AFC South, okay. especially because you know the Texans. Um, the, when I was talking about bad teams with winning records, Texans are up there too. They the, watching the games with them is like just watching yeah. someone get their teeth pulled. Yeah, it's let's, so excruciating. Let's talk about the AFC South real quick. It is a really weird division to me. You have the Jaguars at the bottom, riding a four-game losing streak at three and five. Yeah, the favorite going into the season, and then you have the Texans who started the year at the bottom of the division at 0-3. They've won six in a row and now find themselves at the top at 6-3. and What do you think the Texans' final record will be? Do you think they'll win the division? Do you think the Titans or maybe even the Colts could sneak up there? What do you guys think about the AFC South? The Texans' O-line is going to be their downfall. Um, it's 
it's like what you saw with the Seahawks last year. Mm-hmm. That you can't have a rushing cor- or you can't have a scrambling quarterback and expect them to make plays every time. They've gotten lucky with Deshaun Watson doing it with the with Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. They have great weapons on there, mm-hmm. but they don't have a run game. Lamar Miller is just not getting anything going, and on top of that, your quarterback's getting hit just at insane amounts. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the Texans are going to be able to hold that spot. But also the Titans are just abysmal. When it comes to watching them on offense and defense too, yeah. So yeah, that's why that's good game. That's why I think the Colts Thursday. might be able to make a run. They had a pretty good game on Thursday. I was impressed with Marcus Mariota. Uh, he, I believe, he threw four touchdowns. Uh, that was a pretty good job by him. Three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Three touchdowns. Uh, it was a pretty good game by him. He started to use his weapons a little bit more and a little bit more accurate. But looking at the Texan schedule. I think I finally found a schedule that's a little bit easier than the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Chiefs. (laughs) I was surprised. I was like, the Colts, the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Browns are some that stand out to me. I think they can win every single one of those games. The only – I can see two right here that I think they may lose, and that's going to be the Titans, and that's going to be versus the Eagles. Really? They're traveling to Washington next week. Washington's not a pushover. They have Alex Smith. <laughs> but they <laughs> you but have Alex Smith. It's in the weird home. as it feels to say right now, they have Adrian Peterson. And that is weird. Man, oh man, has he been just he carving been teams yeah. up. So that's going to be a tough one. But also, there's something that I think a lot of people are discounting is the Jaguars, too. Um, I know Blake Bortles is bad, but he's the biggest, like, Dr. Jackal, Mr. Hyde type scenario where he's either going to win your team games or he's going to lose them. And you don't know when that switch is going to get flipped. I know it started on at the beginning of the season, and then it kind of tapered off um, after the Patriots game and everything. But if it comes back on towards the end of the season, that could be the deciding factor, not for them making the playoffs, because I think they're probably going to be out of contention real soon here, Mm -hmm. but it's probably going to cause one matchup for the Titans, the Texans, or the Colts that's going to decide the division. I think Blake Bortles is going to knock one of them out of contention. You think so? I I think that's going to be... A really underrated I, narrative where I, he's going to come back and he's going to ruin some. I, th- some I agree day. with you though. I think the division does come down to quarterback play. Uh, with that being said, I can't name a great quarterback in the division. You have Marcus Mariota, he's Andrew Luck, Blake Bortles, and you know who's the one one left? There's uh, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun and Andrew Watson. Luck. So they they are quarterbacks Two that have the potential. Okay, the, they have the potential to be great quarterbacks. Um, they don't have an A tier. Andrew Luck. In that I mean, Andrew Luck just a few seasons ago led the team or led the league in touchdowns. Like, he's got that kind of potential. A couple seasons ago. A couple seasons ago, but yeah. it's but he's shown that he still has the playmaking ability. And there have been a lot of times when he's been leading drive like game winning drives downfield, and his team has just let him down. So if he if his team doesn't let him down in a few crucial situations, they could be sitting at the top of the division. I'm surprised that Cajal's so high on the Colts right now. They have the same division, uh, same record as the Jaguars, who have looked horrible this season. Hey, I mean, look, their defense got way better. The addition of Darius Leonard has been absolutely amazing. He's They're gonna if he doesn't get streak. if he doesn't get defensive rookie of the year, I'm gonna be shocked when he's leading the league. I think he's leading the league in tackles, and he missed a week or two. I I find the the lack of faith in Marcus Mariota a little bit disturbing. Uh, you said he's one of the worst quarterbacks in that in that division. I I don't agree at all. I think uh, now that he's shaved his mustache, I think he can see <laughs> a little bit better. Factor. That's the deciding factor. He played <laughs> excellent after he shaved his mustache, and I I don't think it was good look for him, and I think it was hindering his quarterback ability. <laughs> so I think I think. <laughs> Once He's going he, all in on this take right here. I am. I, I am a Ducks fan. I've always been a Ducks fan, and I will always support Marcus Mariota. Um, 
that's one of the reasons I became a Chiefs fan is I followed DeAnthony Thomas, and he didn't do that well. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I do. Th- I, I think oh, Marcus Mariota can clutch it. I think he'll be one of the better quarterbacks in that division, especially up against somebody as trash as Blake Bortles. I think it's kind of crazy that a few years ago people were debating and saying who's going to be better, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Marcus answer. Mariota, and the answer to that, yeah, we haven't answered. The answer is just like, uh, who cares? Yeah, because they're both non-factors, and they both th- they were supposed to be generational talents, and both of them have just fallen into this. They won't lose you games, but they'll win you games. Jameis Winston will lose you a few more. Marcus Mariota won't make the plays that he needs to, and I think that's what's wrong with the Titans is they don't have the weapons um, that are going to really bring them there. And when they don't have the weapons, Mariota's not someone that can elevate his team. He's yeah. not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Russell Wilson. He's yeah. not going to make his receivers better. So. Corey Davis showed a little bit in the playoffs last year, but he hasn't showed it this year. Until they get something going on offense, I have no faith in that team moving forward, and I think they could end up at the bottom of the division if they're not careful. Yeah, I feel like the Titans and Marcus Mariota are that team and that quarterback that just have so much potential to be good, and they just never are good enough. And I can't see a team like the Titans and a quarterback like Marcus Mariota making the playoffs. I just can't picture it in my head. A guy like Marcus Mariota playing in the playoffs. It happened last year. I know, and (laughs) it just threw me off. I was like, why are the Titans a playoff team? They they lost two crucial pieces on their defense uh, over the offseason. They lost Avery Williamson to the Jets, which he wasn't a household name, but he was putting up numbers at the linebacker position. And then they lost one of their safeties. I believe it was (laughs) Kevin Byard towards ACL, and that was a huge mm-hmm. blow for him. So the middle of their field, it's like with the Falcons. Falcons who lost their middle linebacker and their main safety, Keanu Neal. When you do that, your entire middle of the field's open, and you just get destroyed. And I think that's what's happening with them, and it's really hard to watch. Jarrell Casey's been putting in work. He, If defensive players got MVPs, he might be one that's actually up for it, but he's probably not going to. And I think it's really unfortunate, but the Titans, all that talent's just going to waste. I think the reason, the sole reason that the the Titans made the playoffs last year was because the Texans lost to Sean Watson. He was a star quarterback. He was a potential MVP candidate. And I, I mean, talk about MVP candidates. We've talked about three so far in this episode, but um, that's the only reason they were up. The Texans started losing games. They didn't have J.J. Watt. And I don't. I agree with you, Austin. I don't think the Titans are a playoff team. I think it was a fluke last year, and I think they need to bring back Warren Moon out of retirement. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's going to wrap it up. Cajal Lang and Ian Collins joining me here in the studio. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the college football playoff, so going from the pros to college, right here on Sports Central on 88.1 The Berg. You're listening to 88 Won the Berg, your music central. It's DJ BWT. We're out here talking today about how much we hate sports. Sports is just the absolute... Oh my gosh, our radio DJs just don't get it. Sports broadcasting is much bigger than music. When's the last time Taylor Swift made you feel like watching Tom Brady get sacked? And even though Rick Ross looks like a defensive tackle, he can't entertain you like Vince Wilfork in overalls. This is it, Chief. The show you've been waiting for, Sports Central, every Saturday at 9 a.m. Ugh, Austin, you're such a meathead. Shut up, Benito. Welcome back to Sports Central. Welcome back into Sports Central. Austin Lane here alongside Miles King and Derek Harper now joining us in studio all the way from Seattle. Thank you for coming in. AP Seattle sports writer and CWU graduate. Tim Booth, thanks for coming in, Tim. Hey, glad to do it, guys. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. Um, how was the drive over? 
uh it was nice it was actually sunny and and uh pass wasn't a problem so it was, yeah. it was a very nice morning drive coming over yeah the pass looks like it's getting a little snowy but no problems yeah there's a there was a little bit of snow up on on kind of the the top of the mountains around snoqualmie but otherwise it was uh it was completely clear it was actually a really nice morning for the drive awesome well, we're going to open up the text lines, 509-963-2311, if you want to ask Tim a question. But we have some questions while those start rolling in. I want to talk about Seahawks with you, Tim. You came in a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about the Seahawks, and you said they're looking like an 8-8 eight and eight team. And right now, halfway through the season, they're 4-4. Four and four. Do they still look like an 8-8 eight and eight team to you? Yeah, I, they, they played so much better. Um, starting after you know week two and, mm -hmm. and kind of found their identity and sort of the way they wanted to play. But if they wanted to be beyond sort of that average team, I think they needed to win last week over the over the Chargers just because you look at the schedule and kind of how things are progressing. Um, you know, to get to nine or ten wins, they kind of needed that game. And, I, you know, I, I, they still have a chance to get there. They can, you know, maybe they go to Carolina and win or maybe they knock off the Chiefs when they come in. But I still, at, at this point, nothing, you know, jumps out to me saying, oh, they're going to be more than – eight and eight maybe they get to nine and seven but with the way the nfc is you know there's a decent chance that nine and seven will at least get you in the conversation for that last wild card mm -hmm. spot so and the way the schedule's backloaded with home games they're at least going to be in the conversation of of having a chance to get to the postseason probably right up until the final week and we saw the seahawks against detroit looked really good and then the next week after that looked bad against the chargers was the difference the seahawks matching up wise against the team or being worse, or just the Chargers being that much better than the Lions? I, it was a combo of a lot of things. I think it was the defense played really poorly in the first half against the um, against the Chargers. Uh, you know, you had you know San Diego ran for almost ten yards of carry in the first half of that game. Mm -hmm. So uh, San Diego, Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> you know I didn't do that all last week, and then I just did it. Um, the you know, so the run defense was poor, and then offensively they just got off schedule. And and what's become really apparent with this team is they have to stay on schedule. They have to stay out of second and long, third and long. They have to stay in. You know, they have to get positive yardage on first down, things like that. Um, and if they do that, then they can be successful offensively. If they're facing second and twelve and third and eight and, and situations like that, they're not going to be able to have the success they need to. So that's more, I think, what happened against the Chargers is they had some bad penalties. They had some. They took some bad sacks offensively and just put them in bad um, situations to be successful. And coming up tomorrow, that game against the Rams, they looked good against the Rams last time out. Do you think if they can beat them tomorrow, they'll finish above eight and eight? Is this that one win that pushes them up? Well, if they win, if they beat the Rams tomorrow, a I'd be stunned, and b yeah, I think that's that that's the kind of game they're going to need at some point down the stretch. They're going to have to beat a team they shouldn't, and so whether that's the Rams tomorrow, whether that's Car Carolina in a couple weeks, um, whether that be Minnesota when they come in in December, or or Kansas City when it comes into Seattle in December, they're going to have to get a game somewhere along the way like that because, you know, they'll beat Arizona. They should beat, um, they should beat San Francisco both times they face them. They probably should beat Green Bay on Thursday night next week, um, just with the fact it's a short week and and Green Bay having to travel. You so, but you add you add that up and that gets you to eight. Okay, so what mm -hmm. what's the game you're gonna steal somewhere that gets you to nine? And it's got to be one of those one of those three other ones or four other ones. Tomorrow could be one of them. I don't think tomorrow's gonna happen because I think they're too banged up right now. I think I don't mm -hmm. think Chris Carson's gonna play. I don't think DJ Fluker's gonna play. I'd be surprised if Bradley McDougal plays. Um, if you know, it, it's 
so I, I don't think they have the firepower to go down and beat the Rams tomorrow, especially, you know, you add in as much as it's not a, a, a major factor, emotion plays a huge part of it. And you look at everything that's gone on in Southern California this week between the shooting in Thousand Oaks and, and the fires that are, are mm-hmm. ravaging that area. You know, the Rams, it, it's just human nature. They're going to have feel like there's a little bit something more they're playing for yeah. tomorrow. So I, I don't think I, – I would be absolutely stunned if the Seahawks won tomorrow. I think they're, they, they have to look kind of more long-term and find one of those games later in the season to steal um, in order to, to get to that nine-win mark. And looking at games later in the season, second to last week, home against the Chiefs. Wouldn't it be something if we won that game? Oh, beating the, anybody beating the Chiefs right now yeah. would be, be pretty remarkable with how they're playing. Um, I'd like to thank Patrick Mahomes and Kareem Hunt for carrying my fantasy team for most of this year. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's going to be one of those games. Kansas City, Minnesota, you know, some, some situation like that, they're going to have to steal. Kansas City might would be a, a fantastic game for them to steal. And, and, and at that point of the year, that might be the game they have to win to stay in yeah. the playoff conversation. Um, by the time we get to week, what is that, week 16. So. Yeah. And looking around the NFC sort of at the competition we'll have to play, you know, we play the Packers, the Panthers, Vikings, and uh, not the Chiefs, sorry, then the 49ers twice and the Cardinals. It's sort of looking like out of all the teams in the NFC that aren't that great this year, we still have to play the good ones, the Panthers, the Vikings, you know, and it's like if, if all, all these teams in the NFC start to pull away from the Seahawks, you know, how can – Russell Wilson in the offense or Bobby Wagner in the defense sort of get them back into the wild card hunt. No, it's it's a good it's a good point too because the way the NFC is shaping up right now, the Saints are going to win the South. Um, some semblance of a dumpster fire is going to come out of the East, and then you're going to have <laughs> yep. you know in, you know the Rams are going to win the West, and then you're essentially competing with teams like Carolina and Tampa and Chicago and Minnesota. Um, and the Packers. There's so many. That, that, that's, it's, that, it's that sort of middle ground grouping of teams yeah. that are going to be competing for those two wild card spots. Um, and so, yeah, you're, you, you know, these, as, much as, as much importance as there is on, on, be, on playing well tomorrow against the Rams, the more important game is the Packers. And the more important game after that is the Panthers because those are the teams that ultimately you're going to be competing with probably for a wild card spot and having the head-to-head victory over, one, over them would be vitally important if you actually think you're going to make the playoffs this year. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we're talking Mariners, Cougs, and Dogs here with Tim Booth. Again, text in your questions, 509-963-2311. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on Sports Central. one. The Berg, your music central. Welcome back into Sports Central. Austin Lane, Miles King, Derek Harper, and now AP Seattle sports writer Tim Booth in the studio and we're talking Mariners now, Tim. I want to ask you about this Zanino and Heredia trade for Malik Smith. What do you like? What do you not like? How do you feel about it? Uh, I, I don't know. I really thought about how I felt about it. Um, it's It makes sense from the standpoint of it gives them a proven center field. I can say proven center fielder. A, yeah. a true center fielder. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it kind of falls into this sort of gray area about what this franchise is going to do going forward because mm-hmm. I don't think you know there was a lot of reports this last week that they're going to blow it up um Jerry DePoto their G- general manager came out and said no nah, we're not quite going to blow it up but yeah you know we're going to make some changes um that was essentially sort of the tone that he gave they're they're going to make I, I wouldn't say it's a it's a complete blow up but it's there's going to be a lot of changes this offseason this is just the start 
Um, I think the, the surprise of it was the fact that they, not that the fact they gave up on Zunino, but the fact that they, they decided that at this point they're willing to move on from him because he's still, you know, he's still in his mid-20s. He's a good defensive catcher. Yeah, he's got his deficiencies um, as a hitter, but he, he's, he was so good with the pitching staff, that, and he was still relatively cheap for them to have that I was a little surprised that he was sort of the first piece of this puzzle that, to, to, to leave town. Um, Malik Smith, you know, it's, you look back on it and it's like, well, they had control of him. They, they had him, they, they had him for two hours, you know, two seasons ago before they turned around and traded him to Tampa Bay for, for Drew Smiley in a, in another deal that kind of blew up in their face. But, um, so it's a little bit of sort of revisionist, like, why didn't we hold on to him in the first place? Um, but it, it does give them a true center fielder. It allows them to move. D. Gordon either to another, you know, back to his natural position at second base. Maybe they move him to shortstop if they end up trading Gene Segura. Maybe they trade D. Gordon. Um, it gives him a little bit of flexibility from that standpoint. Um, but yeah, this is to me, this is just the start. I think it's going to be a really busy um, off season of moves. For yeah, them. with uh, Gene there, I'm kind of wondering if I'm hoping they don't trade him. He's always been a proven guy. He's really good. But the question today, I saw they might trade Paxton to the Dodgers. I think I think Paxton. I don't know where he's going to go. Um, you think he's leaving? Yeah, I, I think I think there's very few guys on that roster that have the age, the combination of age and value right now, to where they're going to get maximum sort of return. But why him and not Felix? Because right now no one's going to take on Felix's contract. He's in the last year of his contract. He's paid twenty-seven million dollars. Paxton's probably going to be due. I'm trying to remember if he's arb- arbitration eligible. I think he's going to be due like somewhere between 10 and 11 million this year. So it's, it's a far more manageable contract for someone to take on. It doesn't hurt their payroll quite as much. And, and Felix has been, has had such diminishing returns yeah. over the last couple seasons that in all reality, I don't think anyone would take him at this point. I think they want to make sure he could actually pitch again before they consider even, you know, taking, taking on him and his contract. So it's a, um, you know, it's, it's a difficult situation because I think a lot of people love the upside of James Paxton, but in reality, he's one of about three or four guys that you could trade and get actual true value in return uh-huh. for him. As far as value, when when you're talking about hitters, do you think you're going to keep Mitch or Gene or D? I mean, who do you think is going or who do you think is staying? I, I think I think no. Mitch Hanniger is is gonna. Um, I think Mitch Hanniger will stay. I, th- I think he's one of the guys they kind of want to build around. I would hope so. You know, for, yeah. for the future. What about Cruzers? Is they gonna bring him back? I, I think. I think. I think Nelson is gone. Um, I, I think if. I think the the sign to me that that they were gonna go into some sort of rebuild was the fact they didn't resign Nelson, uh, Cruz in the last month because they had sort of this exclusive window where you could resign your own free agents and they didn't do anything with Nelson during that time. And as as great of a clubhouse guy as he as he's been and great of a hitter as he has been. Um, to me, that was a sign that's like, okay, well, now it's it's time to sort of build the next generation of what this franchise is going to be. And so, I don't think he'll be. I don't think he'll be around. I don't. I think if they can move Gene Segura, they'll move him. I think if they can move Kyle Seager, they would move him. Um, I think if they can move D Gordon, they might move him. I, I think you know. I think the the very few sort of guys that that I've heard that are going to be sort of that core guys that are relatively untouchable would be Hanniger, Edwin Diaz. Um, Marco Gonzalez is pretty cheap. Um, you know, they've got Wade LeBlanc. It's, it's on a pretty, you know, team friendly deal for a couple of years. So I think guys like that probably are, are, are sort of your core, 
Um, but I think everybody else is sort yeah. of up for with, up for sale. With Robbie and the way he what he had happened last season and he, how he's left till twenty twenty four, I think it is. What do you think they'll do with him? Again, he's like Felix, is that he's got a really restrictive contract that someone else would have to be willing right. to take on. Um, it was good, though. Felix has kind of gone downhill a little. Yeah, I mean, R- Robbie still has value, but it's it's I don't know if it's value at $25 million a year. And that, yeah. that that's ultimately yeah. the question. Is you got to find a team that's that says, okay, yeah, we'll take him on and we'll take the final five years of his contract at $25 million a year and, and sort of accept that. Yeah, I guess going off just what Derek said, what do you think that next move is for the Mariners? And, and when is this team going to be set? Are they going to keep wheeling and dealing throughout the offseason? Uh, to, to me, A, a I don't know what the next move is going to be. I think, in a way, whatever happens with Paxton, I think kind of will end up setting the market throughout baseball because there's not that many good starting pitchers that are free agents this year. So that could end up being sort of a benchmark for the rest of baseball. Like, okay, well, Seattle got this for him, so we're going to do X, Y, and Z. Um, Or these guys might then be available by trade. So in a way, I think that could be the next sort of um, piece of this to fall would be what happens with Paxton. Um, But this is going to be a busy offseason. Like, if you remember when when John Schneider showed up with the Seahawks and just made, like, a gazillion moves yeah. with the Seahawks to sort of rebuild them. I, I have a feeling this is going to be that kind of offseason for the Mariners. It's just going to be like move after move after move after move. And it's going to be bringing in guys that in a lot of ways people haven't heard of. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of – I think it's it's not a, like a five-year rebuild. I think it's like a two- to three-year rebuild. Like how, how can we be good in 2021, it's not short, can we be good in 2024. And that's it's hard to do. But I think that's ultimately what their goal is trying to, is in this situation. Yeah. And with that, um, looking at how two or three years out, you have to actually now bring in the possibility of losing players to new teams with uh, Vegas or PDX down there getting teams possibly. Who do you think they'd keep or in an expansion draft? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, that's <laughs> At this point, I, think, I don't think anybody knows what the roster really is going to look like come February. Right. And so it, you know, who knows who's going to be uh, available in two and th- you know two to three years at that point. So. Yeah. All right. Let's talk college football. The Cougs are the talk of the town. Tim, are they going to make the playoff? No. 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 Whoa. All right. No. The co- they're not making. We have college- a Cougs fan no one, in here. No one, Careful. No one from. No one from the Pac-12 is making the college football playoff this year. No. Sorry. Even if they're a one-loss team. No. Really? Not gonna not gonna happen. There's too it's, many good. There's two. There's out of the, exactly. Out of the okay. They needed. Yeah. They needed chaos to happen last week. They needed, mm-hmm. they needed Notre Dame to lose. They needed, um, you know, they need Oklahoma to lose. They, there's got to be a lot more chaos between now and December that I don't think is going to happen mm-hmm. for them. And they got to beat the Huskies for. I mean, and I that's just that's reality. Cool. Like, they have looked terrible the last two years in the Apple Cup against the Huskies, and it's just a bad matchup for the Cougs. And until they keep a game close or beat the Huskies, I don't think anyone's going to, you know, have this idea or notion that they go into that game as a favorite. I, I think even even though the game's in Pullman, I, you know, right now I think the Huskies would probably be like a five- or six-point favorite going into that game, and that's just the reality of the situation. It's just a bad matchup for the Cougs. So beat the, beat the Huskies first, win the Pac-12 championship, and then maybe there's enough chaos that happens between now and then to, to get them in, but I, I don't think there is. I think, there, I, I think they – I think Coug fans need to be focused on the Rose Bowl as the end goal for this year. 
um, and be really thrilled with that because it'd be an incredible season. It's a lot more attainable too. And then and then and yeah. then look back on the USC game and go, man, we got screwed. Yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> in that situation. But um, but yeah, I don't I don't think one they're game I play. got circled though is that USC Notre Dame game at the end of the year. I yeah, think that is the Cougs' best chance to get into the playoff. Uh, yeah, USC somehow upset them, and then you get some other chaos, like you said, in, in the top four. I don't know that Pullman sneaks in there, but they're more in the conversation. Yeah, and the the other one to watch is going to be next week because Notre Dame plays Syracuse in New York, um, and I don't think Syracuse is any good, but mm-hmm. it's still you know they're they're a ranked team and they've they've had a decent season. Maybe that's maybe that's where Notre Dame stumbles, but you still got to get one more. Yeah. You know, sort of, you get you, like Alabama has to beat Georgia in the SEC title game. Um, Oklahoma's got to lose either Bedlam to Oklahoma State or the Big 12 title game. Like, you got to have a few more beyond Notre Dame. You got to have a few. Yeah. Michigan's got to, you know, lose maybe to Ohio State, and then Ohio State has to turn around and lose the, the Big 12 or Big 10 title game. Like, you got to have that kind of chaos, I think, just because. Wazoo's non-conference schedule was so terrible. It was, yeah. And and no one thought they were going to be in this in this situation. It was like mm-hmm. UW's it was like UW's schedule from two years ago when they got into the playoff, but UW had a better season, and so I think it, it's going to be tough. But yeah. you know who knows? I, I would love to see that kind of chaos happen. Um, of course, your reward if you get in is you get in as the number four seed and you go get hammered by Alabama. (laughs) So there you go. Congratulations. Yeah. I do think they might win the Pac-12 North. Um, I mean, I've heard that the dogs aren't as good this season and I've even dog fans are telling me, yeah, the Cougs are going to win that one. But as far as the Pac-12 title game, if the Cougs get in, who do you think they're playing? I kind of hope UCLA just because I want to see that kind of chaos happen in the Pac-12 South. Um, more more realistic it's probably um i don't know because utah just lost their running back too so they're without their starting quarterback without their starting running back it might be arizona state it might be usc um arizona state yeah I, it, the pac-12 south is like you know that image of a dumpster fire you see all over it's the, the place NFC east <laughs> in the college football kind of yeah it really is um so i have no clue who's going to come out of the south at this point none whatsoever I, I, two trains? weeks Two weeks ago, I would have said Utah, hands down. I got no idea now. All right, let's move on. One last thing before we let you get out of here, Tim. We're going to play a little round of sports rodeo, which is what we do at the end of every show. We're going to pick a topic out of the note card. We'll let you pick. We're going to try our hardest to talk about it. These oh are boy. these are hard topics to talk about. Do I got to look at it? Yeah. Okay. So read it out. What do we got? Hamster rodeo. All right. So we have to talk about a hamster rodeo. I have no idea what the hell a hamster rodeo is. <laughs> well, that's the point of sports rodeo is you're just holding on for dear life trying to talk about you something. You better put on your boots, yeah. You better, uh, yeah. Like, how do you, like, are they in you the, is a, is a hamster in a chute or something? Like, or is he just on the wheel, like, running around? Are you, you riding the hamster? Here's what I'm thinking. Are you trying to wrangle the hamster? That's a good one. Kind of like half roping? Is trying to wrangle a different rodent? You put them in kids and have them go at each other. That's it's a good one. Derby. Oh, there you go. That's that's actually pretty part good. Part of the rodeo to me is you're you're wrangling, you know, or you're riding a bull or something. Yeah. Or, so is a hamster riding a bull? I think, <laughs> I think a bull would ride a hamster. Ooh, I, don't I know. think I think probably <laughs> the more the most realistic one would probably be you're on a horse with a rope. It's like mm-hmm. team roping sort of thing. But the hams instead of a instead of a steer that you're trying to trying to rope, it's it's a hamster. It's a hamster? That would be hard. I think it'd be funnier if you're on a mini horse. 
That would make more there sense. There you go. More proportional. There right? you go. That yeah. that would actually well, be the, a great idea. The disproportional part is the rope. How are you going to get a rope around right. a hamster? You would need something else. You that, use dental floss. Yeah. Just swinging some <laughs> dental floss around. Exactly. <laughs> okay, before we let you get out of here, Tim, I got one last question from the text lines. This is from the 253. You, oh, it's not even a question. It's a statement. Let's see what you think. USC is going to get smacked by Cal this weekend. No shot at the Pac-12 South champions. Sure. I like I the Pac-12 South sucks. Like I don't know what's going to happen over there. It it I mean personally I kind of want the chaos of U, UCLA it's not going to happen. But UCLA at like 5 and 7 winning the South and playing in the Pac-12 oh, title game would gosh. just be amazing. And Cal just beat UW like last week. Yeah, it's yeah. uh Cal's the underdog team. Cal's in the North, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. Like pick a team out of a hat. I mean that's that's really what's going to happen in the South at yeah. this point. Yeah. Cal's kind of underdog team, but WSU even in trouble with them. They barely beat them. Yeah. Pac-12 is looking a little crazy. We're going to let you get out of here, Tim. He's going to the CW football game tonight, so we got to go. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. It's Sports Central here on 88.1 The Berg. You're listening to 88.1 The Berg, your music central. It's DJ BWT. We're out here talking today about how much we hate sports. Sports is just the absolute... Oh my gosh, our radio DJs just don't get it. Sports broadcasting is much bigger than music. When's the last time Taylor Swift made you feel like watching Tom Brady get sacked? And even though Rick Ross looks like a defensive tackle, he can't entertain you like Vince Wilfork in overalls. This is it, Chief. The show you've been waiting for, Sports Central, every Saturday at 9 a.m. Ugh, Austin, you're such a meathead. Shut up, Benito. Welcome back into Sports Central here on 88 One The Bird, your music central. Austin Lane joining me in studio, Miles King and Derek Harper. Tim Booth just left the building. He will be at the CW football game. So we're back to our normal talking points, and I want to talk about the NBA actually just got a notification on my phone. I think we can talk about it first. T-Wolves. What were you notified? I was notified. The breaking news, What's ESPN breaking? notification. Did they trade him? The T-Wolves have traded Butler to the Finally. 76ers. Wait, Whoa. Philly? To really? Philly. What did they get back? Oh, boy. Let me let me read the uh, article. Philly's going to be dangerous. Philly. Philly's going to be dangerous. Um, Philly's T-Wolves, making title moves with T-Wolves that. T-Wolves will receive Robert Covington... Dario Saric, Jared Bayless, and a second-round pick. <laughs> and Minnesota is also sending Justin Patton to Philadelphia. Bayless is coming back to our division. Mm. Yeah, I'm not concerned about that. <laughs> what do you guys think? Um, That's big interesting. for Philly, but they had to give up two solid players to mm-hmm. get him. So they gave up Butler. Saric and Rocco. Yeah. Yeah. Rocco's <sighs> a solid. He's a 3 and D wing. Not to say Butler isn't either, but. I don't know who won. I want to say Philly won that just for the sake of getting him. Oh, yeah. Because Minnesota. Has a bi- that's a championship. Philly has yeah. a big three now. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler. But can Philly still compete with the Raptors who are 11-1? and one? At this point in the season. Or now. the surprise Bucks? Mm, Bucks m- sounds more manageable mm-hmm. now. Right, but the Raptors, they're one to watch still. Boston? Oh, yeah. The, the 76ers actually might do better because of how bad Boston's playing right now. Uh, are they Boston playing bad? The no. yeah. But yeah. I expect them to be there at the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's your breaking news for today. That's big. Wow. That's big. Yeah, so whose team is oh, Minnesota now? Fox Pro isn't on. Thibodeau was so, was so certain he was not going to trade him. Well, I, f- I think Thibodeau liked, likes Jimmy, 
and Jimmy Obviously. likes his teammates, as we heard. But yeah, Jimmy doesn't like Jimmy his teammates. Doesn't like Jimmy likes Thibodeau. Are you sure? Yeah. I've heard Jimmy loves his teammates, but Jimmy doesn't like the coach. Mm, I've heard the opposite. Huh. Other way around? Yeah. That's not what I heard. I he heard didn't like Jimmy, Cat, and he didn't Jimmy like was the, talking uh, the other day Wiggins. and loves they his were... teammates. Cat and oh, Wiggins. Oh, man, that's were, a hot take there, bud. We're young guys who uh, finally got did, to use did the not have the, the work work ethic that Jimmy liked. Yeah, I, 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 I had heard. heard that too, and then I had heard even more recently that he he's all good at the players again, which made also made me wonder maybe he had an inkling this deal was coming and wanted to say kind of bye, guys. I did have fun a little or something. I wonder where where Butler go. Where does where does he fit in that lineup in Philly? Is he the two guard or is he the three? Because mm. Rocco is starting at three. Yeah, they still have JJ Redick. Is they'll he is he still starting at the two? They'll push someone out, and they'll have better depth. They'll have a better bench. You know, I mean, you have to make room for Butler somehow. I think Butler just replaces Covington in the starting lineup. Yeah, I think you still start Redick and you still start Simmons, obviously. They, if anything, they had to replace the four. I think Sarge was starting at the four. Mm-hmm. We got a text in. The Sixers can win the East now and take down Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, please. I mean, I think it's going to be a competitive matchup. I really do. But And the Celtics aren't playing well right now, granted. But when you go into TD Garden, that's tough. It's a tough Tell place what, to play. Before, before I heard this news, it was Toronto-Boston. Yeah. Now for me, in, in, the, in the Eastern I mean, Conference, but now the Sixers really all of a sudden they they put their foot in the door there. Yeah, it's a really good matchup. I've seen those two go at it. I think Toronto is going to the Eastern Conference Finals and be Toronto and one of those two. Yeah, but I don't know. And the other question about this trade is, whose team is Minnesota now? Is it Carl Anthony Towns' team, or Nobody. is it Derek Rose's to team? Is it Rose's team? Is it Towns' team? Or do they both lead it sort of the same amount? I don't think it's there. It's it's Thibodeau's team is what it is. It's it's the Timberwolves. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not it's anymore. the Timberwolves. <laughs> Yay. Looking at the Sixers lineup, though, we got another text. Simmons, Embiid, Butler, Markel Fultz. That team is nasty. But Fultz, uh, yeah. apparently the other day he didn't have his jump shot still not there with Fultz. Apparently he's having issues with his jump shot still. I mean, still. yeah, if you watch it, you kind of feel bad for the guy. But – do you think he can break out of that and fix his jump shot a little? And like, I mean, Lonzo fixed his jump shot somewhat. Yeah. That's going to be the biggest thing for this Philly team is can they shoot? Because say say they end up in the Eastern Conference Finals against you know Toronto or even Boston, both of those teams can shoot. Yeah, they're going to get, you know, they're going to get ran out of the building. You know, Fultz giving up, giving up 110 a game because they can't hit threes. Yeah, Fultz has to fix his shot. Simmons can't shoot. I mean, Embiid can, but Embiid's much better in the post. Yeah, and on Twitter. All this talk about the Sixers, I mean, I'm just thinking back to last year, playoff time. That was a fun team to watch. It was. Yeah. And now they're going to be even more fun to watch. I think so. And I kind of hope that we get Raptors Sixers now. Yeah. yeah. Sixers upset them. Falls short. Yeah. I've always kind of tossed aside the Sixers, but I mean, I kind of noticed them and they're on their rebuild and stuff and now they're coming out. Process. Yeah, it is. Exactly. Trust it. And with their whole burner Twitter account thing, how they got rid of that guy. (laughs) I. Still have a spot for the Celtics. I don't know why. I mean, they've still I, I kind of garbage. Yeah, I kind of gotta agree with you, Derek. Yeah, but I, I s- think if it's Boston, Philly in in the semifinal or I whatever, still want Bo- I still see Boston. I may, maybe that's because that's, that's, that's going expanded. seven at least. You know, that's you guys are tempting seven. me. You guys but are who's tempting the me seat? to hit the hockey. Hit who's it. The higher seat? Hit it. Oh man, that's a hot take there, bud. <laughs> oh, Boston's gonna be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, I'll take boy. a page out of Will, your man Will's oh, book. Brad Stevens is going <laughs> to coach the Celtics to the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, 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 oh. 
Will would agree with me there. IBS, just give us our award now. <laughs> <laughs> That's also what Will Ortner would say. Uh-huh. All right, let's look at the T-Wolves now, though. Derek Rose, he's uh, stepping up a little bit. Is he back? I don't know. I can't wrap my head around it. I've been to games at the, at the Moda Center when Derek Rose played against us, and he tore his up. When he's in his prime, you can't stop him. He's dangerous, and he's just it hurts to watch him. But then he has these emotional or mental issues. And then yeah, he goes what off is for that? 50. What is that all about? And then he goes off for 50. I heard he wanted to be with his family or something. But oh, my. Was that when he exactly, was in New York? No. You're in the NBA. I know. Was that when he was in New York? No, he was with, he was with Minnesota for a little while or something. I don't know. No, when he left the team, I think he was with New York. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened. But I think if he can get help with those issues or whether it's that or whether it's just he's finally found his spot again, I think think he's back, but I still can't see he's, 100%. He's not back. The guys no. have really? too many injuries. Yeah. <laughs> he is injury prone. There's a lot oh, of yeah. guys in today's NBA that can put up 50. That's yeah. all I'm you know, Derek, sure. you know you want Derek Rose to be good. Oh, yeah, I, it's I, like, I would oh, love yeah. to see Everyone I'd love wants to, see to have good. that redemption story. He's, when he, had, when he was in his prime, I loved watching that. him. He was scary, except, except against us. But my but, point is, a lot of guys can put up 50 yeah. in the league. Dame, CJ, Curry, Thompson, on and on. Yeah, a lot of guys can do that. But the storyline... Derrick Rose, the storyline. About seven years ago, Andre Miller put up 52. <laughs> okay, we're not going to go back. Can put we're not going to go back in time and bring up <laughs> random Iverson. players that put up 50 <laughs> exactly. points. Exactly. Looking at Derrick Rose, he has what it takes to be back. He has the potential. Yeah, but he has to not let anything get him down. And I well, think yeah. Kevin Love can out think he with will. those other issues. Although him, now with his Butler trade, he he's going to have the ball there. in his hands a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. He's We're going to see. It's going to be Carl be... and Derek passing it back mm-hmm. and forth. He's going to step up. And you think they'll swing him into the starting lineup now that Butler's gone? I think or so. Or you think he'll still be six man? Is Rubio still starting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he'll still be this. He's going to win uh, six man of the year if they ooh, don't. Actually, that would be a that would be an interesting dynamic having two ball handlers, Rubio and Rose. I could starting. see them testing Rubio and Rose now that Butler's going. I could see them yeah. kind of subbing him in and out and seeing kind of giving him a fresh, hey, try to win the spot again. Well, then the fact that Thibodeau's got a soft spot for him too. Yeah, so. I'm kind of mad about this trade. I I had Derrick Rose as six man of the year, but now he might not even be a six man. No. Yeah, you I mean, have to play a certain amount. I of minutes, still can't I think. see. Off the bench. Jimmy is sixer. I can't see him in that jersey for some reason. Oh, come on. I'm excited Jimmy Butler about that. I, think trade, I can I see it. I do think he'll That's be dangerous, exciting. but it's going to be hard to see him in that jersey. I just, it's weird. If anything, the, the new NBA, the run and shoot threes a lot, is actually better for Derrick Rose's career. Yeah. He doesn't have to go into the paint and break his leap knee. over everybody and the take these down. hard fouls. Yeah. He can just come down on the break, pull up for three. Yep. And he hasn't proved his three-point shot. I think like, that, that's pretty clear. I think everybody's trying to get better at shooting threes well, across yeah. the league. But yeah. the, this new There's NBA is a little softer. They're not allowing such tough perimeter defense like they were in like the 90s or even just like 10 years ago. Which I think is another topic we should talk about because there's literally like one defensive player in the league, and that's Kawhi Leonard. And the league's now kind of gotten soft defensive-wise. Do you like that? Do you not like it? I, mean, I like I, it. I kind of I'd like it a little, but I'd like to see a little more defense. I mean, some of the scores these days – did you see the Bucks game the other night? Oh, the scores are fun. It was like one forty. It's it was like one forty four to like one oh six or something. Yep. Here's the thing. I just I would like to see consistency. Yeah. Among the the referees. But the if, Rockets if were held like to, eighty the the other night. If you're gonna call nothing during the regular season or call everything basically, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. Call everything as far as hand checks and then and then in the playoffs all of a sudden it's like the ref the officiating is different. 
they let everything go. Yeah. They'll just let guys get pounded and you know, yeah. they go in for a lane and they get pounded and there's no call. Well, I would just like to see some consistency, at, yeah. least, at least from regular season to playoffs. I think as much as the teams are trying to focus on making threes so much nowadays, you still need a big man presence to be able to make those threes. You have to distract the other team down low and be able to swing it back out to the Absolutely, perimeter. Yeah. Yeah, I, and the Blazers I, are a good team to show for that. Warriors, yeah, too. Warriors, I, I don't know if you saw a few, a few days ago, there was a video I saw the Warriors in a game, and it was like it reminded me of the Spurs offense back in the day with Parker and all them. They were swinging the ball around. You you couldn't keep track of it. I mean, it, was, it was moving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was probably the, one of the me- most craziest yet slick plays I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I, I look at it as the big guy on the t- on a basketball team is kind of like the offensive line on a football mm-hmm. team. You can't run and pass the ball if your offensive line isn't good, and you can't. You know, you need your offensive line to block for you for three seconds if you want to throw a deep ball. Same thing with a big guy in the NBA. You know, you need your big guy down low. Backing down his defender so that you can swing it back out, you swing it around the perimeter, and shoot a three. And yeah. the, the thing that's changing though is what the big man can do. You see guys like yeah. Embiid and big Marcus man, Sol big men that can shoot threes. Brooke Lopez, yeah. have you seen that guy is stroking it from three for the Bucks? Yeah, oh, when they played the Blazers, that. That, that, I swear that guy hit like seven threes. Yeah, and I've seen things about the Bucks like how they're like the new team. It's like they beat the Warriors and people are jumping on them like the Bucks are the new big thing. It's like they just lost to the Blazers by fifteen and they beat the Warriors and you're acting like. They're everything. You know what I think that was? I think the Bucks were looking ahead to the Warriors game. <laughs> they just kind of phoned it in against the Blazers. They just thought they had it. And we well, they, had, they were playing Golden State the next night. It was yes. a back-to-back. Oh, seriously. They, they, really they looked ahead. They looked ahead is what I'm saying. Yeah. I All mean, right. I think the Blazers were also giving him their best effort, and the Bucks weren't really trying at that. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, let's move on. What do you guys think is the biggest surprise so far in the NBA? Again, Texas in 509-963-2311. Your biggest surprise in the NBA so far uh, this season? What there's do you guys two. Think? There's okay. one in the East and one in the West. In the West, Denver Nuggets in the East, yep. the Bucks. Ooh, the Bucks. I do agree with Denver, but to me, the big surprise in the East is Toronto. I mean, Toronto... At 11 Toronto, and Right, one? Toronto's 11 and 1 is huge, and Kawhi said they haven't reached their ceiling. Let's think That's about pretty this. big. They traded away DeRozan. They yeah. fired Casey last offseason. A great coach. Yeah. You bring in Kawhi, who everyone was kind of uncertain. Is this guy still hurt, or is he just mad at the Spurs? You weren't sure how yeah. seamlessly he was going to he was going to mesh with Lowry and the other guys, and then kind of an unsung kind of guy right now, Danny Green. He's a solid three yeah. D wing. He's you throw him three. on Toronto. To me, I think it's they the, gave up a yeah. lot to get Kawhi. Yeah, but Kawhi has worked out so well exactly. for them, and they've surprised everybody. They look like the best team in the East right now. Yeah, at I, eleven and one. I think they are. The reason uh, they're not my total surprise is they've been good for a while. They're really good this season. Like they're on a whole different level. But they've always been that second, third round team in the past few years. So yeah, I don't know. But to me, you fire a coach of the year candidate and Wayne Casey. That was a dumb. Move. I did not expect this team me to be either. eleven and one after me that at all. You guys done? But what <laughs> if they? What if coach? What if this is all had all happened with the exception of they kept Casey? Do you think they'd be better? Like, do you think how much better can you get than eleven and one? Well, yeah, do you think they'd be twelve and zero, or do you? Th- I don't think they're twelve and zero, but. I'm just surprised that they fire a great coach like Casey and they're still 11 and 1. Yeah. I have Who's your a, surprise? My biggest surprise of the year. I'm going opposite spectrum of you guys. I'm not going teams at the top. I'm t- oh, going biggest teams. disappointment. Biggest I mean, disappointment. Okay. The it's still surprise, the, right? Yeah. I got the Houston Rockets. Oh, absolutely. No. 4 and 6. No. 0 and 4 at home. That's not a surprise to you? I mean, they brought in more shooting. They brought in more It's a surprise. Wrong. It's a surprise Again. they're doing so bad. But it's also like is this just a mini slump for them? No. 
The Rockets are uh, the surprisingly one bad. They the are. One thing you and I were talking uh, kind of on the break, and you, yeah. you thought Houston was going to be the two or the three. No way. They're going to be like I mean, six I think or the seven. One thing, if, if they even make the playoffs. You were moved yeah. from Houston, and it's, I noticed this when he was with OKC. Carmelo Anthony has been the plague. Absolutely, yeah. He's been the play. The guy scored like four points and had like two rebounds against th- against OKC. I mean, yeah, I think I even dropped him for my fantasy team. I, she's needs to go, uh, whether it's retire or something. But uh, I hate saying this. Throw him on the Warriors. Give him one last ring. No, get him out of the league. <laughs> Don't throw him on the Warriors. <laughs> Actually, yes, throw him on the Warriors. Throw they won't the win Warriors. the title. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, maybe he'll help that to stop that. Exactly. Yeah. So Import based on Warriors. based on what's happened so far this season, who do you guys think won the off season as of right now? Raptors. Raptors. It is the Raptors. Yeah. Yeah. They gave up DeRozan. I get that. They gave they fired Casey, and it looked bad. I think then, the one reason they're still good with um, the new coach. The new coach uh, was the head coach of their minor minor league team, hmm. and I, if I'm right, their minor league team won the championship, hmm. and so maybe he really is that good of a coach. I feel like they didn't have to give up like a lot. Yeah, DeRozan's an all-star, but you get back like a top-five player in Kawhi, and you yeah. also yeah. get that solid role player in Danny Green. They yeah. won the offseason. Yeah, Nobody else sure. made as good of a move as as Toronto did. Now, had Butler been traded to Philly in the offseason, you might be able to argue Butler yeah. to Philly, but we don't know. We don't know what that's going to yield yet. Yeah. Exactly. All right, well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going over all our picks for this weekend and upcoming week, college football picks, NFL picks, and NBA picks. No more MLB, I'm sad. But we'll be picking all those major sports, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Sports Central here on 88 Won the Berg. Welcome back to Sports Central. It is that time yet again. Time to hit the old dusty trail. Time to get myself in an old western shootout. <laughs> this is kind of like, I kind of feel like Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Good, the bad, the ugly. Clint Eastwood with the 44 Magnum. Yeah. Yeah. This is the sports rodeo. This is Derek's first time on the rodeo. I hope you're ready. Welcome to the rodeo, Derek. Well, well yeah, welcome to the rodeo. I can talk about random things I hope hours. you don't get bucked off. Yep. He says he can talk about random things for Ooh. hours, but <laughs> I mean, two weeks ago we he had toe wrestling. Part of the rodeo, yeah. Yeah, we, and we pulled hamster rodeo with Tim, with Tim or here earlier. And Tim so. was just as confused as the rest of us about hamster rodeo. You know, this, this segment, uh, people around the station all week put in sticky notes of segments or sports topics they think we can't talk about for merely a minute, let alone 20 minutes. Um, so I let people around the station just write it, crumple it up. I don't look at mm-hmm. it. So if there's any expletive on these sticky notes and you're just reading it, I'm ready to hit the dumb button. Like, I'm just ready to go. So careful what you read. All right, pick a sticky note. Dun, dun, dun. It's a beautiful song. There it is. There's the call. Okay. Let me pick one. Okay, I got one. Let's go around the room. Derek, what do you got? I got a good one. All right, let's hear it. If you could change the outcome of one sporting event, what would you change? Ooh. Ooh. Super Bowl, whatever it was, the Seahawks lost the pick. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I would have them run the ball. I would yep. go back even further. That's it. Blazers, Lakers, oh, Game 7, God. 2000. Homer. Homer. Homer pick. Bruh. Homer pick. Derek, what do you got? Oh, the Seahawks oh, yeah. is not a I Homer pick. I think the Seahawks game. That was, 
I, the amount of times when you'll be talking to somebody if they're a Patriots fan, yeah, please change that game. Yes, thank you. Jeff McMillan's in the studio. Jeff, what's one sporting event in the history of sports that you would change? Wow, I was walking to grab something. Um, <laughs> does it have to be an event or can it be one? Well, I guess one, one event, yeah. One, one event. sporting outcome in history of Austin, everything. Austin the says number one C pick Seahawks. overall by uh, the Portland Trailblazers. I could do it twice. Oh, yeah, that's a good I one. Say, yeah. I say, hey, don't take Sam Bowie, go take MJ. Ooh, oh, hey, yeah. I go say, don't take uh, Odin. Greg Oden and his uh, knees and thumb mm -hmm. and uh, shoulders, knees, and toes. And, uh, <laughs> hey, and go take Kevin Durant. Toes. Or yeah. anyone else out of that. Literally anyone else would have given you more production. Jeff, Jeff I say game seven against the Lakers in 2000. Uh, I, uh, I say... If uh, they go on to win that series, they're, they're sweeping the Pacers. They yeah, get I a mean, title. No, it's, it's a... It, it, yes, yes, that's a great one. But, but titles mean nothing to me. I want tushies in seats for long periods of time. True. That's what matters. So, yeah. You want, you want KD in the Moto Center. I, I do. I would like Katie in the Moda Center or any other player. Really you quick, could. really quick. Gage McHenry, one sporting event in the history of sports that you would change. One outcome. One sporting event changed the outcome. I went Seahawks yeah. running the ball against the Pats. Miles I took the Western Blazers winning game 2000. seven. And Jeff said a draft pick. A draft pick? Greg Oden or Michael Jordan. Greg Oden or, uh, yeah. Durant or Michael Jordan. Oh, you're talking about the past. Okay. Mm -hmm. One sports moment. Uh, go back in time. Go back in time and change. Uh... I would go back and choose a different referee squad for Super Bowl 40. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, actually. Yeah, State. that was not offensive pass interference in Daryl Jackson. That's a good one, 100%. Mm -hmm. But you said you were you meant running the ball with Marshawn, the Seahawks? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. the one I was going with. Yeah. I'm so, trying to be so different. So what were you, would, would you change? Would you change Pete Carroll's call, or would you change somebody asking Russell Wilson that well, question? Well, if I could change the outcome, that's the, change that was the, the original sports Because somebody question. went to Russell I Wilson. I would have given that ball to Jimmy Graham instead of Ricardo Lockett. Yeah, but somebody went to Russell Wilson. They said, Hey, Russ, we're in the huddle. What do you want to do? Do you want a second ring? And he goes, nah, I'll pass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I could change the outcome to uh, just changing it to a run play, I might still be sitting here uh, with a Seahawks loss. They might not have right. punched it in. You, you never might know. not. I wouldn't have traded the Marcus Aldridge either. You could have totally still been a, a Seahawks fan. Hashtag 12 since 12. Way to go. <laughs> 12 since I was two. <laughs> Miles. Moving on, it's 10:47. We got 13 yes. minutes. What sport would be drastically improved by a trial by combat rule? What? In which a player may fight the referee over a call they disagree with. Hockey, uh, hockey, hockey. So hockey's, hockey's there, already so violent. But I think right. I know. But if you could punch the ref, it'd be better. Yeah. I think I know what they're referring to when they ask that question. Malice at the palace is what they're talking about. Oh yeah. Was that one I mean, Ron Artest yeah, was fight, trying to, I think they're talking about the Meta World Peace or yeah. Ron Artest, whatever yeah. you want to call him. So what's what sport? Mm. I would go hockey. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, think I think hockey would be although, so amazing. To be fair, I would love to see one of these MLB guys get right in the face Ooh. of the ump and just throw well, actually, down. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel bad for him. There's a hockey, I relate to them on a personal level. There was yeah. a hockey game in the KHL. He didn't fight the ref necessarily, but I've seen videos of players fighting refs. Yeah. He got kicked out of the KHL because he fought one old team. This one guy went around fighting the whole other team. Wow. <laughs> I think right. baseball would be fun. No. I have been an umpire, so I, I have to say no. I was a Little True. League umpire. I was the umpire for Auburn, Washington, Parks and Recreation Department. But think and about if it. anyone ever think socked me in the face, I would. Think about it. It's like, it's like gladiators, practically. Ump has a face mask on. The player has a bat. Ooh. That's like a historic. That's like old... Just bring in a couple yeah. of horses. Yeah. And give the ump a bat. 
Yeah, he may as well just joust. Uh-huh. <laughs> like he point. can crack him in the head or whatever, but he's got a face mask on. Well, what's your pick? Is it MLB? I think it is MLB. Yeah. Mine's mine's hockey. Yeah, they call it. The, the umps have the f- armor on too. There's hockey or some hockey game. There's advantages for both. Umps got armor. The baseball player's got the bat. And a helmet, obviously. Not as good of a helmet, but... But hockey, it's yeah, just fists. It's just a fist fight. That's true. Somewhere that's true. I want to say it was Rush also, like the KHL, but it was some other league, where the ref started fighting back with the player. Yeah. You know what I do appreciate right? start, about yeah. hockey? Is the refs like, almost condone fighting. Yeah. They, well, they, they do. It's, it's, a, it's a part of hockey. They're like, they're like you're fighting? Okay, I'm but imagine if you had they're guys like... Off. Imagine yeah. if you had refs like Ed Hockley coming into the NHL and just... You get like these big buff refs and like... If you want to fight the ref, you can fight the ref too. You know who I would not want to fight? Is that guy, the big 12 ref. The guy with the huge biceps. I haven't seen him. Oh, he's huge. He's out in the Big 12? Uh, yeah. What yeah. what what Big 12 games are on today? Is it uh probably Texas or something? What do we got? We got Oklahoma versus... Oh, I just looked up the guy's Oklahoma name the State. other day, too. And Oklahoma, I forgot what it is now. Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. He's probably umpiring. But the guy's just flexing out of, his, out of his stripes, okay? <laughs> his biceps. No joke. He's probably got 18-inch biceps. Yeah, nobody said football. I mean, for as yeah. much as football refs just, get... Just that guy specifically, I would not want to fight him. <laughs> I mean, you guys didn't say football. For as much, you know, flack as NFL and college football refs get all the time, you don't True. think it'd be fun to watch a Could you imagine NFL the player brawl just, that like, would go one? down after the fail Mary? Oh. <laughs> oh. The Packers would not be. McCarthy would be sacking uh-huh. that ref. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers would be sacking Aaron that Rodgers. ref. Aaron Rodgers. They wanted to anyways. The, the, See, but if it was allowed. The classic. And then one of them is one of them's doing the no good. One, one touchdown, one touchdown. one was a touchdown, one I was an interception. I've before. It's so funny. All right, we got 10 minutes left. Should I crack open this one? Yeah. Okay. Crack We're going to have to talk about it for 10 minutes. Ooh, okay, we got it. Here we go. Hopefully it's... Not, we, we can still talk it's about It's probably going to be the hardest one we've gotten. Probably, yeah. I can't even open it. Mm. That's how you know it's going to be... Much. Yeah, that's destiny to be hard. Get a new one. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is the one I picked. It's going to be too wrinkled. You can't even read it. I know. No. I can read it. Here we go. Someone use the adhesive. Okay. There's two on here, so that's okay. good. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about we'll talk about Perfect. each for five yeah. minutes. Let me restart this music. This is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful music. Okay. Number one, eucalyptus pruning. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> what's the what, what's the gauge? Like, how do you win that? How do how is that measured? It's a time what thing. Is yeah. Pruning. Two people pruning in their like yard. When you, when you clip a. A plant, so and like try to get it to to promote new. Oh, this growth is easy. Upward. That's easy. You either trim it into a shape, or yeah, people would go this at it. This would be the longest sport if it ever was a sport, yeah. time-wise, because you know plants oh, you have don't, to let it grow. Plants don't grow. Well, do you have that? Would be how you oh, would measure it. I was it. thinking. I was thinking you have like all these eucalyptus. Oh, you want lined to make a time up trial already? Kind of thing? Yeah, you lined up like already. How many can ready? you prune in two minutes? Yeah, yeah. Okay, like, kind of like a hot dog eating contest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, how many eucalyptuses or, or can you prune? Or you could do it long-term. Like, okay, prune this. Whoever <laughs> has more sprouts after two months. Prune this. <laughs> Whoever has more sprouts after two months is the winner. So, like, we'd have, we'd have to, like, check it in, like, two months later. Or you have two plants. The season would be all year. And they okay. do it time. Yeah, no like off-season. No off time season how fast they can cut it. Eucalyptus pruning, yeah. This show's just a dumpster fire, man. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Yeah. Thank you, Will. Ugh. Well, no off-season for that sport. For eucalyptus pruning? No, no. Not even winter? Oh, maybe. Okay. (laughs) You could do it inside, though. It's a spring, summer, fall sport. You could do it inside. Yeah, indoor eucalyptus pruning. I would watch this. That'll be an Olympic sport in 20 years. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Botany or whatever. And someone will hurt on our show. Yeah, someone's listening right now. Someone's listening right now, and they're like, oh, I can make so much money off of this. Somebody on the Olympic committee? Yeah. 
yeah. someone from the Olympic Committee is listening right Who now. Who would be the best country at eucalyptus pruning? Um, well, let's look up where eucalyptus come from. I think they're pretty much. I I think they're grown. This sounds Japanese or something, everywhere. but I don't know. It's eucalyptus wrong. tree. California. That's the first thing that comes up. Mm. So it'd be the United States of America that would win the gold medal for that. Mm. Gold how, medal the how the eucalyptus came to California. Ooh, That's the number one article. Though? How it came to on California. That, Did it come from somewhere other than California? I don't I don't know. It must have. The official name is a eucalyptus globulus. Ooh. So it, it has the word globe in it. it. That's already proof it has it's to be global. an Olympic sport. It's yeah. a global sport. It's not limited to the United States. It has to be an Olympic sport. Yeah. Summer Olympics 2032 eucalyptus pruning. Okay, I have another one on this sticky note. The last that last thing we're going to talk about. And All right. Jeff, GM Jeff's coming back in the building. I'm going to leave his mic on for this one. It's kind of similar to yours, Miles. Okay. Sports that would be more interesting with full contact. Full I would contact. say golf. <laughs> it's still like a thing. Imagine Tiger versus Phil. Imagine Tiger versus Phil on pay-per-view. One-on-one on the golf course, but uh-huh. like in between holes. like They could just like do anything. Do they get to keep their clubs? Yeah. Can like they just, can just joust with their baseball. They can just sword fight with their clubs. I think golf would be baseball is sort of that way too. Baseball kind of needs that to keep entertained, or just steroids. Yeah. That would make it good. Um, sport that would be uh, good if you added fighting into full it. Contact, yeah. Full contact. Um, full yeah. contact. Uh, yeah. WWE if they added full contact. No. Um, <laughs> UFC if That's they added one. full contact. Um, but in reality, I think if you wanted to add some contact in, uh, bowling. Bowling. I watch a lot of bowling. If it like explain this. If like, they could fight each other? Like if they just went one-on-one and the guy's like in front of him like manned up and he's got to come running in and throw that ball down but he can get tackled. Or, like it's like an old Oklahoma style drill in football where you just one guy and everybody's around. Go, go. He's got the ball in his hand. He's got to get down there to get a strike. But bam. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to go make this game. Tackle what bowling. What are you going to tackle bowling? Yeah. I actually watched basketball the other day speaking of uh, made-up sports. What is that? Oh man! It, go to Netflix. If you choose to look over the, to Netflix feed. and go mm. watch Basketball. It's uh, made by Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the guys who created mm. South Park. Nice. It is a uh, it's a it's a classic. Mm. It, uh, it it combines basketball, you know, the wholesome sport of With basketball, baseball? And baseball. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And and taunting. Are bats taunting. implemented in this? Sport? No. Uh, no. Okay. The, no bats. It's been so long. It's a great movie though. Great, <laughs> great movie. movie. Highly recommend. <laughs> All right, I'll leave this uh, train wreck to uh, keep going. Have a good day, guys. See you, Jeff. All right. Ooh. Well, I I think like tennis would be interesting if it was full contact. I think eucalyptus. I think eucalyptus eucalyptus pruning would be better As with full, full contact, contact sport. sport. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Like yeah, chopping things off each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you could do anything you could to hinder your that's opponent from pruning more eucalyptus trees than you. Yeah. Well. That's those pruning shears. Sports yeah, used to be bloody in the mm-hmm. in the BC, back in the BC times. Track and field. Track and field as a full, full contact. contact. Oh, you get guys like elbowing running each around other and the track and, and just like shoving people and just out of like the way, tripping each other. Ooh, oh, that would be interesting. I would watch that. You actually, you saying Bolt would not be winning I would watch gold medals that. every year because he'd get tripped. Full contact cross country. Could you imagine they're just running and then one guy just, just. <laughs> See, but Haymaker. in cross country, cross country, Haymaker. you could just hide in a bush like Fortnite and just pop out and just take them out, <laughs> right? That's and build good. a fort real quick. And build a fort, and then to, to protect yourself against uh, something. Yeah. Or like Mario Kart, if they literally actually had those sort of things, you could throw stuff at people like car racing or cross. Oh, racing. NASCAR as a See, full contact. <laughs> if you had that in full contact, people would die. Green shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Help. People might die in full contact 
you know, track, track and field. No, not die. Yeah. You're going to just, just sit there man. just, you're sprinting full speed and someone trips you and you, your face goes into the track. Well, that's just a hard You might be hit. losing some teeth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if you're dying. That's it's not true. a death. That's not true. a death. Someone punches you hard enough, maybe. Could you imagine that, though? They're doing a 400-meter uh, sprint. And yeah. Some, someone just haymakers. No, after all these things we've been talking about, I think track and field as a full contact sport would be the one that I would actually tune into. And not even just, like, the throwing part, just, like, the running part. Oh, my gosh. The throwing part? How, would, how would that be full contact? I mean, you could hit someone with a javelin. Ooh. People are dying then. Now, that is definitely BC. That's fatal. Ancient sports. We're That's going back to fatal, Athens yeah. with that one. Yeah. yeah. That was a that was an Olympic sport right there, mm-hmm. javelin fighting, Colosseum, pretty yeah. much. All right, let the lions out on them. All right, great show today, boys. Thank you Not for gonna coming wrap on. Up the sports That's rodeo, gonna wrap yeah. up the sports rodeo, and Sports Central. So, alrighty, it's a beautiful Saturday. If you're not doing anything, come out to the CW football game Last tonight. Last home game. Last home game for the GNAC championship. Mm-hmm. We have a share of the GNAC championship, but we're gonna win it outright. Can tonight. they sneak into that playoff? We need MSU Texas or Texas A&M Commerce to lose, and they play not bad teams. They play like the these like six and four kind of teams. Not great teams. One that I'm looking at is one of them plays West Texas A&M, which is the team we lost to. Mm-hmm. So West Texas A&M could literally go from being the team that pushed us out of the playoffs to, to bringing us back us into the playoffs. In. Yes. So I'm looking forward to West Texas trying to win today as well. We'll be checking those scores. Yeah, and we're uh, we're going live on Facebook. Facebook.com slash 88WonTheBerg with the Alumni Plaza pregame show from 5 to 6. And we'll have score updates mm, because... Games at 1. What? Games at 1. Oh, games at 1? Yeah. Oh, I got to get out of here. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. Absolutely. So it's 12 to 1 today for the pregame show. Thank you. Um, and so the other game, I think either MSU Texas or Texas A&M Commerce play at 1 as well. Mm-hmm. So it'll be fun to kind of have those games both going on at the same time. If we win and the game at one, the team that's supposed to win wins, it'll come down to the other team playing at four. I don't remember which is which, but like if, if both teams win at one, Central will literally be getting done with their game, and wa- they'll probably go watch the other game at four. Bottom line is Central needs some help to get into this playoff. Yeah, they do. They, they you have take to take care of your own business. Take care first, of their though. business against yep. Azusa today, and you know that's a that's a big accomplishment to say the least. You know that you're not splitting the GNAC championship; you're winning it right. for back to back seasons. But now. for this team to make the playoffs last year. Lose that heart as a one seed, A&M. as a one seed, and yeah. then be out. It would, it would, yeah, it would not. They be have fun. high expectations. Yep. All right, boys, we're gonna get out of here. Great show today. IBS, just give us our award now. Will Ordner coming in with the hockeys this week. That was fun. We'll catch you guys next week, nine to eleven every Saturday. Actually, is next week Thanksgiving or is it the week after? No, that? week after. Week after. Week after that. So next week we're gonna be on Saturday, nine to eleven. The week after that, we probably will not be on. Because I would like to enjoy my Thanksgiving weekend back home on the west side. So, But for today, Miles King, Derek Harper, and Tim Booth. My name's Austin Lane. We'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Sports Central here on 88.1 The Berg.